You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You are now jacked into the virtual matrix. Please stand by. Who are you? For the latest in professional wrestling. I am the master of the middle finger. Video gaming. Chief ass whoopers, sorry sons of bitches. And movie and entertainment. Beer drinker among beer drinkers. And here is your host. All I'm offering is the truth. Nothing. JJ Sexy. guys good evening welcome to another edition of unplugged right here on the sns radio network after another very poignant episode of nxt we found out tonight some very interesting things someone went home tonight but we found out at the end of the night that next week was going to be that much more suspenseful because there will be a double elimination on nxt leaving us with only three with three weeks remaining till the NXT Season 2 finale. And here's how things kicked off, basically. Started, we have to point out that due to the injuries sustained last night live on Monday Night Raw at the hands of the Nexus, unfortunately Mark Henry could not be here tonight. That's Mark's rookie Lucky Cannon. But for the rest of the pros, it is a crucial week. We're going to reveal a new NXT poll... And your partners in the polling, the WWE Universe, have diligently been voting all week on WWE.com. Tonight, you're going to cast your votes to see who you think is one step closer to becoming the WWE's next breakout star. As far as the rookies go, three weeks, gentlemen. Three weeks stands between you and your dreams. We're going to have our season finale in three weeks. And let's not forget... The winner of NXT earns a championship match live on pay-per-view. But that's in three weeks. Tonight's a different story. Tonight, one of you are going home. One of you will be eliminated. You're going to have to do everything in your power to impress not only the pros, but the WWE Universe as well. And we have a perfect opportunity, a brand new rookie challenge, the Power of the Punch Challenge. Therefore, Michael McGillicuddy, please step forward. Now let's not forget, six of you had to share the spotlight last night live on Monday Night Raw. But the winner of this challenge will have the spotlight directly on them. Whomever wins gets an individual appearance next week live on Monday Night Raw. Wow. Okay. The rules are simple. 
Hit hardest, get the highest score. You ready? Set, go. Oh. All right, 863, Michael McGillicuddy's score. We'll press reset. It's correct. Caval? So this is one of those challenges that I don't really mind, the power of the punch challenge. The only thing that's missing here, ladies and gentlemen, is the fact that William Regal isn't there to be the one who, who issues the challenges uh, to, to these guys for the uh, you know power of the punch. Instead of Matt Stryker, it should have been William Regal, considering that for many, many years he used the power of the punch as his finishing maneuver. I mean, as far as this challenge goes, it has some use in professional wrestling. Obviously, it records the strength of your strike. And uh, Michael McGillicuddy starts things off with 8.63. Pretty good. Let's see what Caval has. Well, mine was 808 close, so 863 is pretty impressive. Let's see your punching power. Yours was pathetic. Ready? Try. Yeah, okay. Go! Well, that was unique. Well, it's called the power of the punch. Hey, I even beat Cabal. Uh, Cabal, I'm sorry. It's called the power of the punch, not the power of the kick. You are disqualified. I admire the effort. Percy Watson, let's go! Before we get to Percy, did he not say power of the punch? What the hell, Cabal? He didn't say power of the kick. He said power of the punch. So, Caval, an instant disqualification, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see what Percy Watson brings to the table. That striker loves everybody. The score to be 863 belonging to Michael McGillicuddy. Percy, go! Not even close. Okay. I beat him. No, you didn't. Lucky Cannon! I suppose in the 700s. So that? 716. Ready? Yeah. I was 728. Go! Wow, lucky almost. Has he, ever, has he ever punched anyone in his life? I don't know, but he might have tore a rotator cuff. Okay. Not even close. Michael McGillicuddy still has the time to beat, but Husky Harris, come on! Now this could be interesting. On your mark, get set, go! Oh my god, he almost whiffed by the way By the way, I can tell the world that I beat Husky, Harris, Percy Watson, and Cabal What is that? Oh well, I get a redo You don't get a redo, I'm sorry oh, Alex Riley <laughs> Can I get a redo? That's awesome Husky, Harris, looked like he was going to, you know, deliver a nice, powerful punch Didn't happen Of course, Michael Cole commentating that he had a much better punch. Shut the fuck up, Cole. Nobody gives a shit. Go back to dying here and sucking cock. Let's see if you can beat Michael McGillicuddy. But what was with you earlier and all the powder and everything like that? That was warming up. Oh! See if you save the best for last. What do you got? Right Congratulations, there. Alex Riley! You win the power of the punch challenge. Yes. Right there, Alex. Come here. Was there a strategy? 
There is absolutely no strategy when you're Alex Riley. I am simply the best all-in-all -all athlete out here. My pro, The Miz, may be a reality TV star, but I am a star in reality. <laughs> Alex Riley, so impressive here tonight. But it was pretty impressive that I beat most of the rookies in this competition. Well, I think that you learned how to, uh, you know, the power of the punch from all the announcing seminars that you've been to throughout your career. Nonetheless, Alex Riley gets an appearance, an individual appearance on Monday Night Raw next week and may help his standing as the pros evaluate the rookies as we head toward another elimination here live tonight on NXT. What a crucial week here tonight. Okay, so the power of the punch challenge is over. Obviously, Alex Riley takes this competition, beating out the score of Michael McGillicuddy. Uh, we come back. They start things off with a six-man tag match, a rematch from last night's Monday Night Raw, basically pitting the teams of Caval, Lucky Cannon, and Percy Watson taking on Husky Harris, Michael McGillicuddy, and Alex Riley. And I'm going to be real honest. This was a really good match. We only had two matches in the night. This being the first one, I was really impressed with the chemistry that Caval and Cannon and, and, and Watson all had in this match. Lucky Cannon, for the first time in this uh, season of NXT, kind of showed me something. I, I thought he had perfect uh, face heat all night, you know, getting beat up by the opposing team. Pulled out a couple moves. There was one spot that he did where uh, the three members, uh, Husky Harris, Michael McGillicuddy, and Alex Riley, were on the outside of the ring arguing. They couldn't get on the same page. And while that was going on, Lucky Cannon did a suicide dive to the outside onto Alex Riley, who was not in position and did not catch him properly. And believe it or not, Lucky Cannon went face first to the ground. I mean... You know, Riley absorbed as much as he could, but you could tell that Cannon hit pretty hard and he was affected the rest of the match. Did a good job of selling the moves that he was uh, being delivered. I thought that Watson and Caval were good with the tags. Uh, the ending came when Caval hit the Warriors' way on Michael McGillicuddy, who set him up for the swinging neckbreaker. Caval shifted, moved out of the way which left him vulnerable. He, uh, I believe, hit Michael McGillicuddy with a kick, went to the top, hit the Warriors' way, and Michael McGillicuddy was pinned by Caval to end this match. So, bottom line, uh, very impressive win tonight by this trio. Obviously, a rematch from last night on Raw, which the result was a little bit different as Husky Harris, Michael McGillicuddy, and Alex Riley got the win on Raw last night. But tonight, they were victorious on NXT, like I said, very good match. We come back from commercial break. Uh, there's a promo that I did not get between The Miz and John Morrison where The Miz gets in Morrison's face and basically says that he wants him to beg him to join Team Raw just as Brett the Hitman Hart and John Cena did last night on Raw. Morrison says, you know what, you're not going to hear that from me. In fact, why don't you suit up, meet me in the ring, and uh, I'll show you why we don't need you on Team Raw. Well, we go into that match, back and forth match. Morrison gets a little bit of offense. 
And at one point in time, it looked like Morrison was working the heel style. He had his foot on the rope trying to pin The Miz. I find that interesting. Beard, heel. At one point, he goes for his standing shooting star press and completely misses The Miz, but manages to get the right arm into the solar plexus of The Miz so that doesn't look like a total and utter fail. Uh, In the end, I'm really not even sure why Morrison would have done this, but in the end, he does a kick to the turnbuckle pad, thinking it's The Miz, and kicks the turnbuckle pad, hurts the ankle, allowing Miz to hit the skull-crushing finale and get yet one more victory over John Morrison, who in his career has turned out to be the Marty Jannetty to the Miz's Shawn Michaels. So I think that argument right now is completely dead. It's sad. I think Morrison has a lot of potential, but I've seen a lot of regression in Morrison over the last year. Very sad. So now it's time to move on to the elimination, ladies and gentlemen. Who's going home tonight? Was it who I predicted? You know, sans the first week of this competition, or the first elimination in this competition, which I didn't think was going to be Titus O'Neil. I have been dead on the money every week that they have had an elimination. So with that said, I take you to the final clip of NXT right here on Unplugged. Okay, the votes are in. The WWE Universe as well as the WWE Pros basically have decided which one of you do not belong. But before we reveal the poll, I'd like to very quickly get the thoughts of the rookies. Who do you think should be eliminated and why? Who do I think should be eliminated? Take a look at this guy down here and his I got lucky shirt. First of all, he says he got lucky to be here, so why not just go home? Okay. Caval, who should be eliminated and why? Hey, to be honest, it's about making an impact here in World Wrestling Entertainment. And Lucky, I'm sorry, but you just haven't made that impact. Showtime, Percy Watson, same question. You know, man, it's kind of hard for me to pinpoint one guy because I think each one of these guys have done a phenomenal job up to this point. You know what I'm saying? So I can't really answer that question. I don't know who deserves Ugh. to really go on. I got to get an answer from you, Percy. Come on, man. Your future's on the line. I'm going to go ahead and say Mr. Alex Riley right here, man. Mr. Alex Riley because he talked too much. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That's okay. That's Lucky Cannon, who should be eliminated and why, buddy? I think anybody standing here but myself should get eliminated. No one has put in, no one has put in the time, the effort, the guts. And wants it more than me. That's the key thing. I want this more than anybody. Okay. Big husky. Okay, well, well, hold on a second. You want this more than anybody else. Well, tonight, I got to say, Lucky Cannon, was the only night in this entire competition that I was impressed with you. The night that you get eliminated from this contest would be the only night that I was impressed with you. You suck on the microphone, and you have not put out the effort that everybody else in this competition has. Or else, well, maybe you wouldn't be going home, my friend. Harris, who should Stop. go home and why? Lucky Cannon. He has, a- <laughs> he has not even won a match. And finally, <laughs> Alex Riley, same question. Who should go home and why? Well, besides you, because I'm tired of your stupid questions and I think you're a nerd. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd have to say Michael McGillicuddy might as well be eliminated because I will win this contest and we're only three weeks away from that. So get ready, buddy. Tell me, Rye. Alex Riley absolutely had line of the night, saying he wanted Matt Stryker eliminated from the competition. Fantastic promo work. 
once again by Alex Riley. Okay, it's time to see the NXT poll! Alex Riley just became my favorite NXT. <laughs> For one of- Before we go down to who was eliminated, let me read you the pros poll. Coming in at number one, we had Caval. Coming in at number two, Michael McGillicuddy. Sitting atop number three, oh yeah, baby, Percy Watson. Number four, Husky Harris. And number five and number six, well, you're about to find out. You, the dream will continue, but for one of you, your dreams will end tonight. Let's see who's going to be eliminated. Yes, A-Rai survives. Lucky strikes out. All right. Lucky, two questions. First, what are your thoughts on the rookie rank number one, Caval? And then secondly, what is your parting words to the WWE Universe? Take over, kid. Go ahead. Yeah, my, my thoughts on Caval is it is what it is. I'm not even going to go there. All right. My parting words to the WWE Universe. I'm not going to do... What everybody thinks I'm going to do and flip out. It's apparent to me that Lucky Cannon watches a lot of movies because we're getting a lot of movie quotes and a lot of lame shit coming out of his mouth. Again, promo time is not this guy's speciality. In fact, anything other than getting his ass kicked in the middle of the ring is not his speciality. Lucky Cannon, sorry to see you go, buddy, but it's well-deserved because you did jack shit in this competition but i am wondering one thing i'm wondering if the wwe universe has been enjoying nxt season two as much as i have i mean it's like a new adventure every week we've had a giant rambling on about a mustache trying to intimidate people can't run through the whole deal now well he wonders why it was eliminated we've had husky harris running through walls we've had a cheap Poor imitation of Charlie Murphy. I'm sorry, Eddie Murphy. Somebody please punch him in the mouth. We have a nine-year-old little boy who sounds like Barry White. Listen, I said it once, I'm going to say it again. I want to thank each and every one of you for this opportunity, and this is not the last you have seen of Lucky Cannon. Thank you, Lucky Universe. Say goodbye to Lucky Cannon. <laughs> Husky. Woo. A little surprising, though, Cole, that uh, Alex Riley was on the block. Yeah, and Husky Harris, big, big jump here this week. And now you, Alex Riley. Let me ask you something. Do you think there's something about your in-ring style or maybe your attitude that is disconnecting with the WWE Universe? And if so, what are you going to do to change it before it's too late? Disconnecting from the WWE Universe. Well, two weeks ago, Matt, I told you that I am not here to cater to the WWE Universe, and I will not change who I am to do that. Well, then he's going to go. I'm still trying to figure out how in one week I went from number three to number five, and the only thing we're evaluated on is kissing margarita, and I think I gave it one hell of an effort. (laughs) Now, I will prove in the next three weeks 
And next week, when you turn tune in to Monday Night Raw, that I will win this contest and go on to one day be a WWE champion. Folks, let's hear it for the five remaining rookies. But guys, don't get too comfortable, gentlemen, because I have a little bit of news for you. Next week on NXT, we're going to have a double elimination. We are going to find out who is one step closer to becoming the WWE's next breakout star when NXT continues next week. A huge news, ladies and gentlemen. John. All right, so yeah, the huge news, double elimination next week. And, you know, I'm with Alex Riley. How did he go from being number three to number five and be on the chopping block when clearly this kid is good in the ring, he's good on the stick, he's the best on the stick in this competition. So if this was indeed a fans voting poll and the fans just don't like Alex Riley, my God, you people are way off fucking base here. I mean, I think this kid could be somebody. Lucky Cannon, luckily, (laughs) well, not so much for him, but for us, was eliminated here tonight. And again, I wish him the best of luck. I just don't think he has what it takes to be a WWE superstar. He joins now Titus O'Neil and Eli Cottonwood on the unemployment line, or at least back in FCW, until Nexus version 2 invades SmackDown in about six weeks' time. On that note, guys, that was NXT for tonight. Looking forward again to next week when this big double elimination occurs and we're left with three. It seems like they're ending this one a little sooner uh, than the last episode of NXT. Seems like that one lasted about, what, 16 weeks? And I don't know that this one has really went half that yet, so I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong in that, not really sure, but again, we'll see what happens uh, there was some news, and I'll, I'll wait till uh, I get my my uh, my official news source on the line uh, from headlocks to headline. Chris Kelly, you know him as Hardcore Kelly, right here on the SNS Radio Network. I guess I'll get his music queued up so I can bring him on the show and discuss a little bit of news making headlines in professional wrestling. Kelly, are you aboard, my friend? Man, I am here, and I am enjoying that music. It's all you, buddy. Shagadelic. Yeah, baby, yeah. <laughs> well, so I'm now hardcore Chris K. I'm, I might as well now be called the Invader from last night's performance. But as you uh, um, referred to, um, there is some news regarding um, NXT Season 3. Apparently, it will be four male wrestlers and four female wrestlers. From FCW. That's awesome. You know what this means? Laycool comes Sounds back as coaches. Well, there's not like I've watched a bit of FCW, and there are quite a few good people down there. There is one chick, um, AJ Lee, who was meant to come up um, on herself, but they decided to, uh, to pull her promos because they were uh, debuting that um, Mexican dude. Um, what's, what's the name of that Mexican dude? Uh, the one. I can't remember his name. What Mexi- and, uh, Mexican dude? Oh, um, Del Vero. 
Oh, the, oh, Dos Caras Jr. Oh, you're talking about uh, Alberto Del Rio. Yes, because, uh, basically they, they they have this thing where they can't have two people deb- uh, debuting at the same time. Interesting. So she's been pushed aside. So there's a good chance that she might be on um, NXT se- NXT season three. It's um, interesting. I'm wondering if they're going to kind of change the rules around a little bit where you have one male and one female win because to me it would be kind of sexist to have just a man or a woman win it. So you're going to have to, if you're bringing in four women and four men, you're going to have to adjust the way this competition is done big time. Yeah, because yeah, it would be a bit weird if they have like the men wrestling the women to decide who's going to win. So I'm pretty sure we'll see one male and one female winning that. Um what I was making the news today. Um, as you called last Sunday, we had the TNA High Court Justice, and the early and the early buy rate for that is twenty thousand. Which I do believe you called. I did. I said I was going to be generous and give them twenty thousand. I didn't think it was going to get that high, but I did give them twenty thousand last week. Mm. And speaking of TNA, um, there is some big breaking news coming out of TNA Impact, but it is a spoiler. So if you guys don't want to hear a spoiler. Close your ears right about now. I think that's enough time. I think so too. Go ahead. Okay, basically, Rob Van Dam, um, apparently, according to Ekbertov, was hospitalized with likely head injuries, spinal uh, spinal trauma, 115 stitches, and possible pu- punctured organs. Now, of course, this is a, a storyline because he just wants to heal up, and they are holding a tournament to uh, have a new champion. Now this is a bit weird that they that they decided to do straight after the ECW show. Wouldn't it be better to give someone the rub of pinning RVD? You know what? Instead of just, just I I agree. I think that you know having RVD put somebody over would be a, a better thing. But they're really wanting to sell. It makes sense. They're wanting to sell the fact that RVD has been hurt. He can't defend the title, so he still looks strong for never dropping the title. He had to vacate it due to injury. And, and before <laughs> before we go any further, I, I read something in the chat just a second ago. Grash said that WWE is ripping off Dana White's Ultimate Fighter. Uh, Grash, where the hell you been, man? Tough Enough is directly ripped off. Excuse me, the Ultimate Fighter directly ripped off Tough Enough when they started that series up. Go back and watch it. I assure you that's where Dana White got the idea. But back to my mm. point, Crelly. Uh, it, it just makes more sense for Van Dam to drop the title without having to lose the title and still look strong when he does come back to the company. I mean, I'm pretty sure he hasn't mm. walked away from the company. This is a, a major... I mean, maybe he actually is legit hurt. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing there. But it's interesting to me. I kind of see one of two people walking away with a TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Okay. I think it's either going to be Kurt Angle... Or Mr. Anders. Mm-hmm. Well, you bring those names up. They are actually in the tournament. The, the matches are, and I won't give away spoilers, but Mr. Anderson versus Jay Lethal, Douglas, Will- Douglas Williams versus Kurt Angle, the Pope versus Matt Morgan. So those are, those are the six, six guys that are in the frame to win, to win the belt. And I do believe that the main event will, um, at no surrender, will be for the, will be for the title. Now, and th- this, I, is, this is supposed to conclude at, uh, I do believe, no surrender, correct? Indeed. Okay. No, because they're saying it's bound for glory. 
that would be ridiculously stupid to have no champion for two months when you've got no when you've got uh, no surrender coming in on September fifth, and they have to crown a champion at that point. I, Bound for Glory will be something so much more. Obviously, you know. I'm going to be real honest. I'm going to go ahead and pick who I think. I'm going, to, I'm going to go ahead and tell you what I think is going to happen. Now, I know there are spoilers, but what I'm about <laughs> to tell you, I don't know the answer to. But here's my take on what's going to go down. Mr. Anderson is going to win their World Heavyweight Championship. At Bound for Glory, it's going to be Kurt Angle and Mr. Anderson in the main event. But do you think they have enough? Because right now, I mean, Miss Anderson is kind of in the mid card. So, do you think they will actually push him up to the top top of the card? I think it will. Okay, guys, look, you're saying TNA is not making any, it's an eight man tournament that starts tonight. Did they not have three matches with some of those men already on the card? Mm-hmm. So then you're going to yeah. drag this out for two months. Yeah, they, that makes no they sense. Hold, um, I'm checking now. Yeah, they hold uh, all th- all three first round matches tonight. Oh, sorry, not not tonight. They it's not this week because this is a free pay per view. But the week after that. Yeah, it makes no sense any other way. If they're if they're holding off to to bound for glory, that's ridiculous. And if they had no champion for two months, I'm pretty sure the wrestling fans were bitching that. They- and any of those guys that I mentioned, like Kurt Angle as as a, a world champion, I, I wouldn't care. I, I wouldn't moan about the Pope. One of the best guys on the mic in TNA. I wouldn't mind seeing him as a world champion. Anderson, he's got great charisma. And he has the potential to be a world champion. So any of those guys could be a, a credible world champion. Well, no offense. I don't want to see Kurt Angle as a champion again. He's been champion, what, five, six times in TNA? Yes, because he claims to be a 14-time world champion. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's, it's better. You just had RVD with a nice face run as the champ. Put it on a heel. Plus, didn't Kurt Angle say that he didn't want to be ha- he didn't want to be handed the belt and wanted to go for the top ten? Exactly. That's why I think Anderson is going to end up being the world champion. And kudos to him. He has done a fantastic job since the day he arrived in TNA Wrestling. He hasn't been injury prone. He cuts good promos. He's gotten better in the ring. I see no reason not to put that title on him. Hmm. And yeah, and he and he could pin the Pope because those two did have didn't they, a kind of a mini a mini feud when he came out a few months ago. So Anderson as a world champion would be pretty decent for TNA. That when he, he like you said he's great on the mic, so he could be possibly be a world champion within a few weeks. Well, if you know if they are going to carry this out to Bound for Glory, I think that's crazy. Two months to crown a TNA champion, so you have no. Major champion running around in the company. That, you know... Okay, if that's the way they want to do it, then that's the way they're going to do it. I mean, that's fine. If that's what the reports are saying, then who am I to say that I'm... You know, that that uh, they're wrong. Whatever. I, I just... I don't understand the concept of why you would drag this out if you're only having eight men involved in the tournament and you've already had two or three matches, then why are you waiting two months? That makes no fucking sense at all. I'm... Yeah, I mean, here it is bound for glory. They're doing it, so that's two months. So, does that mean that EV 2.0 will be the um, the main centerpiece for two months? Probably, probably. Also, on a different note, um, I just got sent a link by um, Mr. C. J. Bowman. It was an interview that Stone Cold Steve Austin did 
with the sun here in the UK, and he commented on quite a few fit. He commented on WWE's PG product. He said, I quote, you, you, you will hear wrestling fans all over the world groan when they hear me say, but I think PG go, uh, sorry, I think WWE go, going PG is the right thing. Cena is leading the way now. If, 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 uh, sorry, it, 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 it is a PG favored, favored, uh, favored WWE, and I think it's, it has great longitude and will help their product grow. Okay, I want to say something. Reading the uh, chat room once again, Grash says, Anderson improved in the ring? Not really. Okay, A, has he injured anybody? And B, has he injured himself? C, that equals he's gotten better in the ring. Think about it. And God, if you if you disagree, disagree, feel free to call in or send the um, email. What's, what's the email address? Uh, the email address, of course, is uh, Sunday Night Showdown at yahoo.ca. So if you disagree with how, what TNA is doing or what they're booking, feel free to call or send an email and JJ will get to your call or get to the email at some point during the show. You know, like, again, I don't know how long he's been with the company. No injuries. He hasn't injured anybody. I think he's done a pretty good job in the ring. He's not a technical dynamo. But he doesn't he, he, he need to be a... He doesn't need to be... Yeah. He doesn't need to be a perfect wrestler. In wrestling, you, the best part of, like, because, because it's not entertainment, you've got to be as great as you are on the mic as you are in the ring. And Anderson has such great mic skills, he doesn't, have, he doesn't have to be a great wrestler. So he could easily be the, the centerpiece for, for TNA. Well, you know, the guys are talking about he's being protected. Well, so the fuck what? Not every wrestler in the world, and let's face it, it's not about wrestling anymore. It's about sports entertainment. Not every wrestler is a technical dynamo. Stone Cold Steve Austin was not known for his headlocks and wrist locks. He was known for going out there and brawling. Mm. And, I mean, well, it, it, it seems like we are catching a lot of flack. So guys, call in, email in, and please give us your point of view on the air. Because it's all well and good talking in the chat room, but if you want to have a debate, feel free to call in. Me, myself and JJ won't say you're wrong. No, this is not the show where I take your $5 and tell you you're an idiot and you're fucking wrong. So guys, feel free to call in, email in, and because this, this, this will be a debate, not, not a wanted argument. Yeah, I'm starting to agree with Trey. Like, what the fuck do you people want? I would love to hear Trey's opinion on possibly like, Ken Anderson being world, world champion. Well, again... He might not be a technical world dynamo in the ring. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't have a lot of moves. But he does cut a pretty mean pro, a pretty good promo. He's exactly what that company wanted. When he was brought to the roster, Bischoff said they were that was exactly the kind of guy they were looking for. So is it beyond the realm of possibility they would put the title on him now that RVD has dropped it? You know, Okay, guys, Jim, Jim 316, how can Anderson improve working four or five days a month? It's better to work four or five days a month than every fucking day of the month, don't you think? And, the, like, everyone in TNA is being protected. They work what? They work four days a month, right? So it's not like he's being protected any more than, for example, AJ Styles or people that can do the moves. So I'm not quite sure where they're coming from at this point saying he's not going to improve three or four times a, a, Fuck a week. Fuck it. I'm with the anarchist. I need to put the belt on Jumbo Saruta, goddammit. 
or maybe they can bring in the um, the giant Bernard from uh, Japan. Great, he, he's a great wrestler. Well, either way, I see this going. You know, if, if it does go out to the finals, I think it's going to be Kurt Angle and Mr. Anderson. Basically, that kind of brings back the feud that they had a little while back where it's kind of unresolved. Kurt Angle got the final win. And I just kind of think that would be your bound for glory. It's either that or Hogan and Flair. And let's face it, I don't want that, people. I, I don't want that at all. If if Hogan and Flair ever feud over to the world title, I might just stop watching TNA. Absolutely. Uh, with that said, Crelly, we actually do have a caller on the line. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? Uh, yeah. Hi there, um, yeah. Welcome to the show there, yeah? What's on your what's yeah, what? mind, Nick? Yeah, nothing. My my stream started lagging, so I said, fuck it, I'm just going to call in. And I heard people saying Anderson this and Anderson that. And I was like, man, did he get injured or something or what? Or No, he's, he's just in the uh, tournament to, to possibly win the now vacant world title. And people are saying that he, he can't do it because he's, he's not a world-class wrestler. Well, no one in TNA really is a world-class wrestler. Exactly. I mean, let's face it. This company is just one step above being a glorified independent. They have production. They have a TV deal. Aside from that, it's an independent promotion. Pretty much. I think for terms of like a short-term title run, I think he's perfect guy. Uh, good mic worker. Okay, nothing great. But then again, need a guy to go work 15-minute match, 10-minute match. Why not him? Better than Hardy or Abyss or anyone else. See, I, I agree. I think that he's got the heel swagger to kind of take him into that. And with Jeff, oh, excuse me, with uh, RVD being the face champion for what the last six, seven months, why not put it on somebody like a Ken Anderson? Doesn't mean he has to hold it for a long period of time, but it, it kind of solidifies him as being a world champion. Sure, and I think it, I think there is a little bit of that stigma of another WWE guy winning the belt. But then my kind of counter that will be. Who in TNA isn't a WWE guy? Who isn't Beer Money or the Motor City Machine guys? Or AJ Styles, for that matter. Yeah, or Abyss. You know, aside from that, that's pretty much what you have. And, you know, with what you're working with, I think Anderson's a good pick. I don't want to see Angle get it again, but, you know, at some point he probably will. I know he's talking about next year retiring, which is fine. You know, maybe one last run for him. But I think reigniting the feud between him and Anderson is the way to go for that Bound for Glory final if it does, in fact, go all the way to Bound for Glory. And if so, that means that we will have an EV 2.0 main event for two, for, for two months. <sighs> the one-night stand carries on for two months. You know what? And I told you guys that was going to happen. I argued till I was blue in the face with Trey, and I was fucking wrong every time I turned around because Trey had to be right. That this wasn't going to last but one night. It wasn't going to make a difference. It was just one damn night. Why am I so big on it? It's doing exactly what I said it was going to do. It was going to carry over. Now Tommy Dreamer's the booker. Fine. Got no problem with Tommy Dreamer booking the show. But did we all really think that this was going to be a one-night thing? Hell no. I'm sure they're going to be around for a while. I mean, hell, I broke this the other night. At the pay-per-view, they were scanning these EV2 guys for action figures. They've got merchandise out there. If they, if they bring back, and like you said, bring back an EV2 brand, aren't they just being hypocrites for uh, 
blasting Vince McMahon uh, um, in a promo a few weeks ago for falling out, falling out the legacy of ECW? Oh, yeah, absolutely they are. Because that's exactly what they're doing, too. And it, it, it really is sad, and I, I can't remember, I think it was Mikey Whipwreck that made this point, that, you know, after he turned him down because of his health reasons, he said it's funny how professional wrestling goes back to that little promotion that everybody thought was shit when the, when the business is in the toilet. And he's absolutely right, because that's exactly what they did. They went back to, to that little promotion that went bankrupt in 2001, and they brought back a bunch of guys that nobody had seen in a long time. Yeah, ECW, like, con- considering it went bust due-, due to lack of money, it does, to this current day, seem to have a massive draw. And, um, it's, it, um, go ahead, go and finish. No, I was going to say, and, like, if, 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 I do believe that if ECW was around now, not 10 years ago, ECW, e- ECW would easily be the number two um, wrestling company. Honestly, if ECW was around, it would be Ring of Honor. It'd be nah, it'd be a it would be a bigger than indie, but not big enough to be another top tier company like ECW was then what Ring of Honor is now basically the feeder company into the bigger to the WWE WWF WCW TNA whatever you want to call it now. So in ten years' time, we're going to have a Ring of Honor invasion of the WWE. Maybe I don't know. Maybe Brian Danielson and Nigel McGuinness have an epic match. In 10, 18 years from now, we go. Remember in two thousand when those guys really ripped it up, and then I'll then I'll shoot myself because, god damn it. Well, and, and it's funny because now I'm looking in the chat, and I actually agree with Grash. This is the point that I've made all along. Um, what good did that buy rate for Hardcore Justice do for TNA? Because it wasn't a TNA show; it was an ECW show, and you know that that's the killer right there. They can sit there and brag that they've got this great pay-per-view rating, but the only people that can really reap the benefits and be happy that they did it is all those guys that you know poured their heart and soul out from ECW, the hardcore originals. It wasn't because TNA produced a really wonderful show. It was because Tommy Dreamer booked a nostalgic ECW-style show. And I'll, I'll give TNA credit for making it look like it was an ECW show, for doing the ECW-style promos, but at the end of the day, it wasn't a TNA show. Unless we see Dreamer kind of tweak, because like Lowe now know he isn't creative, unless he tweaks uh, TNA kind of into an ECW. Because I've, I have read spoilers for, for this week's show, I'm not going to do anything, but apparently it was, it was, it's been described as the best book show in a few years by TNA. Mm, I... I, yeah, I don't know if I say best book show. I think that January fourth show was kind of good. And guess what? That had TNA talent on it. Yeah, but the only difference between that and the January fourth show, and and it was okay, it was good, but it was bizarre. That January fourth show, you know, had the Nasty Boys, which was bizarre. It had, you know, just a bunch of old Hogan, you know, knockoffs, his best friends, if you will. On that show, and the feel of that show was very strange. It was a good show, and from what I've read on the spoilers for this TNA show, it probably is up there with that January Fourth show. I like the intensity with the main event, the things that happened, obviously leading to Rob Van Dam being injured. Mm. You know, 
having Fortune kind of be the uh, the four horsemen of the group and really you know take names and kick ass, which is good. They needed to do that, but again, they're kicking you know the asses of guys that are you know ten years past their prime. So you know again, we'll see where this goes, but I'm sure that their buy rates and their ratings are going to go up a little bit, and and I hope that they do. But at some point, you kind of have to wean EV2 out of this and go back to pushing your talent. And with Tommy Dreamer behind the helm, where he can take things a little more hardcore so that it doesn't have to be ECW 2.0 or 4.0 or 7.0 or however, however many times they've rehashed ECW, it doesn't have to be that way. Wouldn't it be EV 2.0 recurring? Yes, that this would be it. At exactly. least the fourth version of UCW or fifth. I don't know if you want to count Hardcore Homecoming. True enough. <laughs> but but honestly, I don't I don't think it's going to really lead to like a big spike because like let's be real, the people who bought that show were ECW fans. Now let's look at what the ECW fan is. It's that you know we're going to just lump it up and do you know talk business. You know it's the twenty to thirty male demographic that TNA was sort of put it, pulling in already plus the people who weren't watching TNA but look at those guys those guys were either super into Ring of Honor or they left wrestling and went started watching stuff like the UFC I think you're just re-exposing the same audience you're just you're not growing your audience you're just like showing people like hey remember when wrestling was cool in 1999 and like yeah that's all well and good but then when you have to pull the rug from underneath them you know, are they just going to do what they did in 2002, 2003, 2004 and just leave again? That's a good point. You know, and I think that Wrestling News Live and this show, to my knowledge, and I haven't listened to every wrestling radio show on the net today, but everyone that I have heard since Sunday completely panned the hell out of that pay-per-view and said it was the worst thing that they'd seen all year. But that's because they are comparing it to a TNA pay-per-view. They think that they are not comparing this to um, One Night Stand 05 or Hardcore Homecoming. They are comparing it to a t- to a WWE, a TNA pay-per-view. Brother, I, I'm, a- I'm totally comparing it to a WWE and a TNA pay-per-view. That is, that is the best TNA pay-per-view I've seen all year, and it wasn't even a TNA pay-per-view. Exactly, but you can't really call it a TNA pay-per-view because it... The, it they all, all TNA did was give them the arena that they get for free anyway. That's, yeah, that that's was, true. That was kind of the first bullet in the chamber that they kind of fucked up on. You know, one of the things that TNA needs to really do is make it, and I know that they're losing money. I understand that. But in order to make money, you've got to spend money. And Dixie Carter has spent a lot of money. They don't advertise very well. They don't charge people admission to watch Impact. If you started charging people, I guarantee their audience would probably drop or the product would get better. Well, I read. I was reading uh, Josh Peters' column a few a few weeks back, and he said if they charge about twenty dollars uh, like a week to get in, they've lost about seventeen eighteen million pounds since like since they since they opened the doors. But just just because they they, they didn't uh, ch- uh, charge for entrance, if they just charge like five ten dollars to get in, it, they would get some money back that that they are losing right now. No, I agree. That's what they need to do. They need to start touring. They need to start taking house shows on the road, different places. I know they do that. They even start need to really branching out and doing pay-per-views outside of the impact zone. 
But it really comes down to, and Trey has said this till he's blue in the face, it comes down to promotion. You don't see TNA being promoted even that much on Spike TV. When I go see a movie, I see a WWE preview all the time to watch USA, or at least I used to. When they first joined back with USA, you know, it was USA has characters. And that was the big thing yeah. that you would see in the movie yeah. theaters. You don't see shit like that for TNA because they don't know how to market. They don't know how to do this stuff right. You know what they could do? Like, you know that, you know that they got a tour over here in, 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 uh, in, in, in January? Why don't they turn one of the houses uh, uh, into, into a t- a TV tapings? Because they're getting six, 8,000 people to a house show, which is well, eight times more than, than they get at... Um, in down in Orlando. Yep. And those and and the, it cost forty pounds, right, to get into a teenage house show. That's about eighty dollars, right? Right. To get into a teenage house show, and you get and and you get free to 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 watch the um, um impact tapings. So they, they must well, you still have to pay to get into Universal. So it's not free, free, but you gotta pay some money. But the money's not going to teenage. Exactly. They, they they could easily just turn one or two house shows here in England to a, to a TV taping, and they'll get back eight. Like they like I said, they have eight K people in the building. Charge them what fifty dollars or fifty quid. They still get shit of money back. And you know, here's another thought too. Uh, you know, they try to compete with the WWE in the North and New York area. That's not going to happen. You're not going to take that area from the WWE. You're not going to run a show in Madison Square Garden. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. But the best they can hope to do is go to the southern states like Georgia and Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, uh, you know, places where they had good territories back in the day, places that WCW did really well in, in the south, and really aggressively promote your product in the south. And that's where you build your base up. Don't worry about going to California and building that up right now. Start in the South and move your way around. I, I think I think TNA would, would probably benefit from trying to maybe do some of the Ring of Honor territories. A couple shows in the Manhattan Center, a show in the ECW Arena, uh, Cleveland. You know, it's a really strong wrestling territory. Detroit's a real strong wrestling territory. St. Louis is a strong wrestling territory. There, there's strong wrestling territories out there. It's just. For some reason, they won't leave the comfort of the impact zone. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they have a good deal there, I think. I mean, I don't know what their deal is with Universal Studios. If they think that's really, you know, bringing in people to that, uh, to that company. I mean, I, I, I really, I don't know. I don't know what the thing is. I just know that they need, very seriously, to start aggressively advertising. Mm. Plus, isn't it? it's kind of weird to have a TV-14 product in a theme park aimed at kids. Yeah, they have they have Spider Man and X Men there. Close enough. Raven, Spider Man, it's a connection. <laughs> well yeah, you can at least wear the shirts, right? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's that's pretty much my rant on TNA. I, I like the direction it's starting to take off. I just think that when they sit there and they brag about, oh, we just got twenty two thousand uh confirmed buys for the pay-per-view oh my god we're doing so much better you know tna is is now doing something when you look at it guys it's not tna doing something you had to rely on somebody else outside of your own talent to make your product work and that's a problem 
That's bad. Mm. And then, and then you get your your main superstar, um, AJ Styles, going on um, a, a video show and just trashing TNA. You know what? That's yeah, like if that, you get AJ Styles getting an ugly fucking tattoo. You should be fired for that shit. No shit. You know, I, I respect why he did it. Don't get me wrong, but I think he could have put it on the arm a little bit smaller, maybe somewhere else, a little bit smaller. It's pretty god look. It's pretty gaudy. But, you know, I, I want to say this. I mean, the analogy that I could make here would be like if this show was in the toilet and I had five listeners and I wanted to improve things, so I let Crelly take over the show. And he got seven viewers. Like last night. <laughs> and he got seven viewers that beat the five that would listen to this show on a regular basis. Then I would have to sit there and say, oh, my God. You mean Crelly is making my product successful? Yeah, it doesn't work that way, people. You have to work on your own talent. Just a thought. But X Man, any more thoughts uh, or opinions before we let you go? Yeah, just just something that just kind of popped in my head when we were talking about the advertising. Isn't it okay. kind of weird that when the WWE switched to PG, they're freaking everywhere? I'm saying like we all hate it, but that shit works. That shit fucking works. I'm seeing WWE ads on fucking Nickelodeon. I'm seeing John Cena hosting the Kids' Choice Awards. I wanted to flip my TV over when I saw that shit. Let me, I'm like, damn, they're, they're getting their name out there. Well, you know, and, and I've made this point several times. You know, growing up a WWE fan, I think I got started when I... I got started in professional wrestling watching when I was, I think, about seven or eight years old, courtesy of my, uh, my first stepfather, who was a big Mid-South wrestling fan. You know, and I would catch WWF when it was on. I would catch, you know, world-class championship wrestling when it was on. Uh, you know, I, I watched the NWA stuff. I watched everything that I could watch after I got hooked. I went to the, my first live show with that stepfather, and that's what really got me hooked. That was the night that I saw Jim Cornette suspended above the ring in a cage when it was um, the Midnight Express taking on uh, Cowboy Bill Watts and one of the members of the Rock and Roll Express. And the step was that if Bill Watts and I think it was Ricky Morton won the match, that they got to basically diaper Jim Cornette. And that was my first exposure to professional wrestling at a live event. And that was an awesome show. And I remember meeting Jim Cornette back in 2005 and sitting down and talking with him and telling him that that was my first professional wrestling match ever that I had ever seen live. And, uh, you know, we had a, a pretty good laugh over that. And uh, I guess I made him feel old, but, you know, it was kind of nice to talk to somebody that I remember from my childhood. And I'm a big fan of Jim Cornette. But my point is this. With the WWE, it's smart because as I grew up, wrestling grew up. When I got to a certain age, the Attitude Era came around. And it was edgy. And it was cool. And now that I'm a father, it's cool to see that they're recycling that audience because now my, my kids will sit down and watch professional wrestling with me. And I don't have to worry about changing the channel when somebody's saying, suck it. My kids can sit and watch this program, and it's child-friendly. And even more to the point, you know, 7-Eleven has the whole Slurpee thing right now where you get the four different cups, the Rey Mysterio, the the Triple H, uh, The Undertaker, and John Cena. I have three of those four cups, 
And I went yesterday and had to make a mad dash to find the John Cena cup because my little girl, I promised her that I would go and get her a John Cena cup because that's her favorite wrestler. I know she's young, and I'm still trying to instill good taste in her. But for now, she likes John Cena, and she's hooked. Smart, smart, smart going PG because you get more advertising out of your audience by doing that. And TNA's and taking the exact, the exact opposite route. They're wanting to appeal to that edgy crowd, that crowd that's either moved on to MMA or just doesn't care about what they're bringing to the table. You know, if they're hold on a sec, Crowley, if they have a show that's based in Orlando at Disney MGM Studios, wouldn't it be more PC to aggressively go PG and bring kids in there and play to that crowd? They're in the right spot for it. But that but that, that was again goes with t- with Tina's idea of being completely different. Being in the most PG-friendly place and being TV 14. Oh, good news, Crelly. But when the bottom line starts going down, it's time to start making changes. Exactly, it is. And, you know, we'll see how long this nostalgia factor with EV2 kind of lasts. We'll see if it lasts a couple months. We'll see if it lasts a year. But in the end, TNA's got to make some serious decisions if they want to stay in business. I'm going to be real honest. I think, you know, and I've said this before. I really think that this company is on some severe life support. In five years from now, I don't know if there'll be a TNA wrestling. And I know that people have said that for the last eight years. And I don't want to see them buckle. But don't be surprised. But if, like, because what, right now what they're missing, they, aren't they? they're missing a place to get their own talent. Isn't it? WWE has FCW. Why doesn't TNA have some kind of small like wrestling company that they can work with yes they, they have teen 3d academy but that only produces what two or three talent a year and the last time they came out of there was jesse jesse neil don't forget rosie a lot of love <laughs> wow. i mean i mean hey think about it though it's perfect if they want to go with this more edgy material you know and they want to go back to being the hardcore style of wrestling i mean that's pretty much what bubba and devon are teaching at the school how to take multiple chair shots on, on, on your head without covering up. How to bust yourself wide open. So they could just uh, record impact from the uh, Team 3 Academy. Now today, here at the Team 3D Wrestling Academy, we're going to learn how to take chair shots to the head. And tomorrow, we're going to learn how to take cane shots to the nuts. <laughs> Vintage nut shots. And then next week, we're going to learn how to bump on a trash can. <laughs> He's like, you know, we're not even gonna learn how to bump. Just, just don't, don't land on your head. You know what? Land on your head. It looks cooler. That's 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 <laughs> the curriculum when you when you sign up. Week for week, it says trash can, chair, bumping, flaming table. That's that is the month I, I, agenda itinerary right there. Well, <laughs> New Jack Wrestling School. That would just be how to murder somebody and get away with it. How to murder three or four people and get away with it. <laughs> the Vic Grimes. Uh, All right. Well, Nick, is there anything else before we let you go, man? Uh, not much. I'm going to listen to the rest of the show, then play hella video games. I hear you, man. I hear you. All right, my brother. We'll talk to you later. All right. You guys take it easy. All right. Peace. So, Crelly, is there any other news that kind of came out? Uh, I heard there, um, was, there, was, there was a big thing with Linda McMahon. What's going on with that? Oh, yeah. I'll, 
I don't know much about the American political system, so you have to. But apparently, she's won the Republic primary. primary. So, so I just got. Do you know what that is? Because I have no idea. Linda McMahon today won the um, Rep- uh, Republic primary. Well, that's that's good news for her. That means she's one step closer to becoming a United States senator. So, congratulations to Linda McMahon on that epic, epic Republican nomination. And that makes Vince McMahon one step closer to taking over the world and becoming president. Yes, because when she becomes the uh, first female president of the United States, then that will make Vince McMahon the first gentleman. Yes, that'll be awesome. That would be one fucked up press conference. By God, you people. I will now turn the White House into a PG-friendly wrestling company. Damn it. It could happen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that really is the... Um, it's been a slow news week, to be honest, considering that we had Raw and we had the hardcore tested pay-per-view. It's been quite a, quite a slow news week, so unless anyone wants to call in, I've got no news. Wrestling-wise, anyway. Well, if you got no news, then that's, uh, that's good news, because that means we can move on to the next segment, of course, with uh, the sensational Sean after the commercial break. So with that said, Crelly, I appreciate you uh, stopping by and dropping a little bit of news our way, and thanks for the uh, EV 2.0 discussion. Yeah, the, the EV 2.0, yeah, you know what, I wish I, wish I could speak. Maybe, maybe Trey should, should open a school, and, I, I, and he can teach me how to speak properly. I, I was but, thinking, um, I was actually thinking, Crelly, that maybe next week we get some stuff set up, and we could actually sell Hooked on Phonics. And uh, you could be the one teaching that class to people. And uh, we'll see if we can make some revenue by uh, Crelly teaching Hooked on Phonics. That sounds inc- incredibly fun. The fun? What, what the hell is fun? I don't know. You're the, you're, the, you're, the, uh, you're the foreign kid. I don't know, man. You tell me. I'm the invading, invading foreign kid, right? Who knows? I'm <laughs> I love fun. No, CD, you don't. You know, it's funny. It's funny. I was actually having a conversation on Skype with one of my friends from high school, and by God, Crelly was on the fucking line when I was talking to him. <laughs> I'm, having, I'm having this really cool conversation, and then I hear Crelly in the background. Hello. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here, Crelly? Get the fuck out of here. I even managed, I even managed to invade your post-show combo last night. That there is what you call being wired in to your Skype. It's it's a sad day. It's a sad day for Skype, Crelly. So on that note, I I might just invade the pro the pro wrestling rewind, um, the WWR, and you know that I will be invading at some point, possibly right, right at the start of the show, wrestling news live this this, this Monday night. Yeah, maybe so. If that if that happens, and Crelly could just do the intro for next for the next wrestling news live. Fuck it. He could just take my place on the show. Fuck it. I'm obsolete. <laughs> I think Trey would commit suicide if I took over the show. I don't think he'd commit suicide. I think he'd commit murder. And thank fuck he's thank fuck that he says to you and I live six hours by a plane that way. <laughs> I hear you, Crelly. On that note, brother, I'll, I will talk to you later on. Probably see you around on Sunday for SummerSlam. <laughs> 
yeah, I've got that pay-per-view. Um, it's one that I bought because, unfortunately, they decided not to give it, give it to us for free, which is quite gay. So I'll be watching SummerSlam and might call in and just annoy Internet Dave. I'm pretty sure that once the Skype turns on, you'll you'll be on the line anyway, so that's fine. We'll talk to you on Sunday, Crelly. Have a good one. Thank you again, man. Good night, man. Peace. All right. Once again, that was uh, Chris Kelly from Headlocks to Headlines, the official news source right here of uh, most of the shows here on the SNS Radio Network, specifically Unplugged. With that said, it's time for our first commercial break of the evening. I'm running a little behind tonight. We'll be back with the sensational Sean to talk a little bit of video gaming news, and who knows what else could happen, people.
Can you dig it, dig it sucker? Uh, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion, and you're listening to SNS Radio Network. Can you dig it, sucker? Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, J.J. Sexay of Sunday Night Showdown. If you're looking for the latest wrestling news on the World Wide Web, you should check out www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. It's the official news source for Sunday Night Showdown, and you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Wrestling News Live is proud to bring to you a day in the life of Ric Flair. Life of Ric Flair, brought to you by Wrestling News Live. Live from the Staples Center in Los Angeles, SummerSlam. The summer SummerSlam in Los Angeles. Are you ready for SummerSlam? I can't wait.
right, guys, we're back right here. Unplugged, the SNS Radio Network. And on the line, he is my co-host, my gaming guru. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me with some video gaming news, welcome to the program, the sensational Sean, if you smell what I'm cooking. Wow, really? You open with that line? Why not? So It's a little out there, but okay, we'll go with it. What's up, man? It's wrestling, bitch. It's fine. What's up? <laughs> Nothing. Just uh, in a bit of a indifferent mood today, I guess. Just been one of those days kind of rolling into one of those nights. Just really waiting to go to bed, but uh, I'm, I'm ready to get, me to get down to some news on a few different things. And then figure out what what you think of uh, some of this stuff. Because some of this stuff, I know you definitely want to comment on. And some of it, it's kind of one of those things where you're probably just, please skip. Just go ahead and skip that. But um, let me go ahead and start with something near and dear to the heart, THQ. Um, apparently, they announced a $30 million quarter one loss. But UFC Undisputed 2010 moved in 2.7 million units. Now, wow. I don't, I don't really know how much. I mean, they're saying that for its fiscal 2011 first quarter ended on June 30th, 2010. The publisher reported net sales of 1.149.4 million dollars, driven primarily by UFC Undisputed 2010. That's pretty good, but the fact that they're down by thirty million kind of sucks. Well, that that's uh, that's some troubling news for THQ. But on the bright side, they are only just a few short months away from what I think is going to be one of the biggest sellers for the holiday season for them: SmackDown versus Raw, two thousand eleven. Lot of lot of uh, you know they haven't released any news. As of this week, but I suspect that by this weekend, uh, the rest of the world is going to know exactly what's in store for them as uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 2011 is set to have a major press conference around the time of SummerSlam to kind of let people know what that game is all about. And again, it's dropping on October 26th, so we're just a few months away. It's time to know who all is on the roster, what the game encompasses, and this is the weekend that we're going to find out exactly what's in store for this particular video game for THQ. Not to mention that in the spring they have WWE All-Stars, which is going to be hitting, which is kind of like a Legends of WrestleMania souped up on steroids type game, which I think is probably going to do well also. So we'll see what they do for THQ. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a different kind of season this year with a lot of big-name games coming out at the end of the year. I mean, we, and next month alone in September, we have Civilization V, Sid Meier, one of the biggest real-time strategy, one of the biggest strategy games of all time possibly coming out. Um, a lot, there's Civilization has been around for a while, and a lot of people are really into it. Um, that's going to sell Buku units. Uh, you got Halo Reach coming out in September. Um it was just on the tip of my tongue, too. Uh, there's another game coming out in September, and, I mean, we're continuing on until the holiday season. Uh, plus, in, I think, November, we have uh, Connect coming out, or September, 
I'm a little confused on my dates, but uh, it's coming out very soon. So, I mean, we've got some of these big ones, big things coming out in a, in a few coming months. So, you holiday know, season is looking really good right now. I'm going to try and, and get an interview, uh, obviously, with THQ. I, I seem to manage to pull that off every time one of these games comes out. But I'm, I'm kind of hoping that they develop something for Connect next year where you can literally beat the crap out of the person in the room with you and body slam them and it captures everything. To me, that would be an awesome game to have. Lawsuits yeah, abounding, gonna... it would be fun. <laughs> It'll definitely be different. Uh, I expect uh, some big things to come out next year with uh, the Connect and Smite Dumb vs. Raw because uh, it's going to be, I really think that Connect's going to take off as soon as, it's, as soon as it's released. A lot of people are kind of looking at it like it's, it's going to be nothing, but I mean, it's, con- it's uh, controller-free. I mean, there's going to be some good games coming out for it. It's uh, voice-controlled. You can chat on it. And since we're talking about the Kinect, um, there's a piece of news I want to get into about that, too. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to what Kinect has to offer coming up this year. Um, going on to the news about Kinect, apparently Microsoft is waving Kinect beta invites around a little. Um, apparently they sent Joystick a few, uh, a few emails about it. And it's pretty funny because the, uh, the, the format itself says... Xbox Live and Connect Beta Program. Please do not forward. That's that's in big letters on right right in the middle. So I'm pretty sure that Joystick might get in a little trouble for this, but Microsoft sent it to a, a video game website. So I'm pretty sure that's gonna be like, yeah, sorry. But um pretty soon they'll be launching a uh, a beta with the Connect and people can sign up. The Connect unit will be sent to them and they can test it out free very cool i plan on uh trying to get that myself uh just 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 a second before you go any further uh just reading the chat uh shama was asking the question can you get this show on the iphone if you look at the bottom of the page under the chat room under the ustream player there is a link that you can click there that has the different uh links you can use itunes apple real player winamp so you should be able to get access to the show that particular way. I've tried it once, and I know it worked on iPod. I know that CJ's saying it doesn't work. Uh, Charles Shane is the web designer, and he actually put that in there. I, If it's not working, I'll try and figure out what, what's going on, but you should be able to access it through that link. Well, CJ, you just suck, okay? We, we won't even talk about you interrupting my concentration while I was in the middle of a great talk. So you know what? You just suck. But uh, I digress on that. Um, I, I'm planning on picking up iPod Touch, and I'll, um, I'll definitely try it out when I get it. So we'll see how it uh, see how that works. Um, I'm going to skip this next one because this is something I really want to talk about in depth. And let's skip on to, oh, the ESA, the Entertainment Software Association, ESA for short, announced that the industry, the video game industry, added about $5 billion to the U.S. economy in 2009. Wow. The econ- yeah, I, I mean, alone, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to just wrap my brain around it, but it is massive. Um the comparison of employee shares per state, the top six states 
are California, Texas, Washington, New York, Massachusetts, and Illinois. Now, three quarters of almost every single game company is in California because that's Silicon Valley. Everybody's there. So, I mean, everybody's going to be there, of course. And, I mean, they have the employees per, per state is about 13,000 for California. So, I mean, they're pretty high up there. So, I mean, the fact that the game industry brought in $5 billion alone for the U.S. economy is pretty dang good. So, there's your... Uh, there's your your lesson for today. If you want to make some money, go work for the video game industry. That's basically all there is. That's it, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want money, video game industry or movie industry, even though that's kind of that's kind of going downhill now, uh, especially with MGM. But we won't talk about that today. Um, Force Unleashed Two has been canceled on the PSP. Wanted to get the hype up, then let it, let it die quick. Um, apparently, it was uh, canceled for the PSP. Uh, they didn't really want to deal with the critics that happened last time because apparently it didn't do really good um, last with the first one that came on the PSP, and then they had a huge problem with piracy. So they said, you know what, we're done with the PSP. We're not going to release it on that. So. If you have a PSP and you're waiting for a Force Unleashed 2, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but it will not be coming out. Uh, StarCraft 2 League, Global StarCraft 2 League, is offering over $500,000 in prize money this year. Um, I just I just wanted to announce this because I'm playing StarCraft 2. Um, but apparently there's going to be several 64-man tournaments across uh, South Korea in the next couple of months, and they're going to be offering about $125,000 in prize money for every single tournament. So, if your parents told you that games aren't uh, really a good way to get money, they're wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. The price is wrong, Dad. <laughs> That's right. Um, Wayne Newton and Felicia Day are lending their voices to Fallout New Vegas. I was excited to hear this news because it's just Fallout New Vegas. There's somebody talking about it. Wayne um, Newton? Are you serious? Wayne Newton? That's is, awesome. Uh, That's I hope he's a lounge singer. That's fucking awesome. Actually, JJ, he's a, a radio DJ. That's even better. He is his Wayne Newton will play radio DJ Mr. New Vegas, while Matthew Perry will voice Benny, the head of the Gecko's family. Felicia Day is handling the voice of Veronica, our sarca- our sarca- crap. a sarcastic brotherhood of Steel Scribe. So, and just so he's not left out, Ron Perlman will be also in Fallout New Vegas because he's been in every single one to date, so he has to be in this one. So he was in like the original ones that came out years ago? He was actually the intro voice. Uh, when the voice comes in, it comes up and says, uh, war, it'll never change or something like that. That's his voice. Okay, but I'm saying, was he in all the Fallout games, like from years ago, Fallout games? Yeah, he's the, he's the, he's the intro voice. He's the narrator voice. Very cool. He's been, he's been in all of them. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely one of the better, better moments. 
Um, let me. Was there anything over here? Okay, I want to talk about this a little bit. Um, Arkham Asylum Two has been announced. The new Batman Arkham Asylum. I, I think I messaged you with this, and I was really happy about this. Um, the new title has been announced, and the new title is Batman Arkham City. Now I did a little digging and found the backstory to it a little bit. Um, and I did. I watched the uh, the Rewind Theater on IGN where they dissected the entire teaser trailer. It was really good. I mean, if you want to see guy people go through a, a trailer and just dissect every piece of it, go to IGN.com, watch the Rewind Theater stuff. They do a really good job, and they really go through a lot of stuff. Um, so the, the backstory is that Arkham, Arkham Asylum has basically been destroyed. Um, the game is about one year after Arkham Asylum, Arkham City is, and Warden Quincy Sharp has now become the mayor for Gotham City. Eh, it's a bittersweet moment, I guess, but, um, let me bring up the new story I had for this, or I closed it out. Oh, there it is. Um, the new story is that he's become the, the mayor and has purchased a large portion of the city's slums to, to build a new criminal facility. Arkham City, as it is called, houses all the insane prisoners pre previously found on the asylum before Joker left in ruins. Psychiatrist Hugo Strange is now heading the new facility, and the only rule the prisoners are given is not to escape, leaving them to fend for themselves inside the guarded city walls. Now, that alone makes me very happy to hear because Hugo Strange is also a villain of sorts in the Batman world. He's kind of He kind of works with the villains, but kind of helps them out in, in different occasions. Um, pe a couple people have been already confirmed. Two-Face has been confirmed and is battling the Joker and other key villains as they recruit inmates to join their respective gangs. Catwoman has also been announced. And she will play Batman's love interest and will team up with him throughout the game. Uh, it's not clear if she's friend or foe because no one knows what the motives are. Um, most of Batman's weapons and gadgets from the first game will return for the sequel and they and he will have them all in the beginning. Uh, those weapons can receive further upgrades. New weapons including a bat claw that can fetch items that are a little far away and a broadcast analyzer, analyzer to track transmissions. Um... They're working on the, they're working on the uh, the combat so that you can do gadget incorporation. Like you're, you're fighting somebody and you can spray explosive gel on them, and you push them back and it'll explode as soon as you trigger it. I mean that's pretty cool. As you couldn't do that in the original game, so I'm definitely looking forward to. Uh, I'm looking forward to this, and it's coming out th uh, next fall. So I'm guessing 20, 2011 will have our hands on Arkham City. Which is cool because I still don't have a copy of Arkham uh, Asylum yet. I'll be picking that up here pretty soon. JJ, that's not good. Yeah, it is. It, it, it is and it isn't. I'm looking forward to playing it, but I'm also waiting for a, a very cheaper price to pick it up. Which is funny because I went today to go pick up a points card so I could pick up the uh, the latest DLC for Red Dead Redemption. Yep. And upon perusing the shelves, I was just kind of, uh, you know, looking to see if there was anything cheap to kind of add to my collection. 
You know, not that I was really looking for anything specific. But I actually ran across a couple things of interest. Uh, I don't have this game, but I ran across Rumble Roses XX. Now, I remember Rumble uh-huh. Roses on the PS2. I have that one. Yeah. Since I'm a wrestling mean- game collector, I thought, well, for four ninety nine, I'll pick that up. So I purchased a copy of Rumble Roses XX today for four ninety nine. Now, upon looking further around my local GameStop, I found the G.I. Joe video game, which I know had a horrible rating. But I'm a G.I. Joe fan nonetheless. So I'm looking around. They had a used copy for twenty four ninety nine. They had the brand new copy for like sixty bucks. And then I, I, I walk over to where the new games are and, and there's one on the shelf with the price of nine eighty nine. Okay? So I, I, I buy my points card, I take the G.I. Joe game, and of course the Rumble Roses XX to the counter. And they had to sell the brand new copy of G.I. Joe to me for nine eighty nine, people. Yeah, I've Love it. That's fucking awesome. That's the second time I've come into a good deal. So I ended up paying $10 for a brand new game. A couple a couple months ago, I went to Blockbuster and picked up a brand new copy of Super Street Fighter 4 for $30. And they were selling used copies of Street Fighter 4 for fucking 40 bucks. So that's twice in the last couple months that I've come out ahead on the stupid clerks at video game stores. That's awesome. Sticking it to the man right here. Sticking it to the man. Okay. Can I I say something? Let me point to you. Yeah, you can say something. Okay, I can point. Sweet. I I have the the speaking stick, whatever. Um, Talking to the manager at uh, GameStop over at uh, Camp Lejeune. Apparently one of his people had... uh, Price something wrong, and he didn't find out until somebody brought it up. It happened to be a brand new copy of Alan Wake, uh, which goes for about sixty bucks in the store. Uh, used copies like forty-five bucks. Somebody placed it for twelve bucks in the in the used bin. Brand new copy. Uh, nonetheless, he was not happy at all. But he sold the game to a marine for twelve bucks. Um, I kind of wish I had saw that because I so want. Alan Wake. That is an awesome game that the DLC has already come out for. But, um, yeah, you got lucky with uh, with those games. Like I said, you know, I wasn't looking to really buy anything tonight, but ran across a couple good deals, and I thought, well, fuck it. I'll, I'll, I'll take advantage of it. Yeah. Um, there's, like, two, three movie, four movie things that I'd like to bring to your well, attention. Hold on, hold on. We're still in the gaming segment. Madden Over. 11 came out. Yeah. And apparently Canadian Horseman in the chat is saying that there's a problem with the sound. So maybe they kind of rushed this game a little bit too quickly. Maybe there's some issues going on there. Uh, on top of that, there was something else that I wanted to talk about, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, the DLC for Red Dead, which I haven't picked up yet. I downloaded it. Haven't had a chance to play it either. I know Crelly wasn't real high on it. He thinks it's fucking boring. But it does give you some new maps, and it gives you uh, some original Red Dead Revolver characters from the original game back in 2004. 
So I'm, I picked it up mainly for that because I want to go around as, as red. I think that'd be kind of fun in multiplayer. I'm sure everybody else will be red now too, but you know, whatever. Nah, I'm not. I like my character. I like my army person. They're fun. So, but uh, yeah, I downloaded it earlier today, and I can't. Uh, I was I was really waiting for you to jump online so we could try it out, but you weren't online, so I was like, oh, okay, I'll wait till he's on before we uh before we try it out. So I'm waiting for you to get online so I can try it if I ever do get back online. Well, believe it or not, uh, as far as the DLC is concerned, it sounds like that fucking foreign kid has invaded the show again. Yeah, man, the DLC I um is not that interesting at all. It's not worth buying at all. Like you said, you get about six or seven new characters and you get about five new areas to play within the map, um, Team Deathmatch. And it really doesn't bring anything to the game and it's not worth buying. Well, considering that the last DLC they gave us was for free, I don't mind taking the bite on it. Mm. But I'm hoping that the uh, the um, the one where you, where you can play uh, Liar's Dice and Poker Online will be much better because this one is very me- mediocre and not worth £10. Well, I'll have to check it out. I'll, I'll review it next week here on the program, but uh, okay. I'm going to go ahead and download it and play it. I'm eager to check it out, and uh, it's, you know, it, it's all in the eye of the beholder. Some people, some people might find it boring and you know, not worth it. Some people might really enjoy it. So I will give you my feedback next week on the, uh, on the matter at hand. Okay, I will return to being silent. Now get the fuck out of here, you foreign kid. Get the fuck out of here. Go on. Is he gone, Sean? I don't know. He's gone. Sure, Skype one. All right, moving on to movies. You wanted to talk about something. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, there's uh, there's about four or five different things coming up. Uh, the Avengers has been given a shoot date. Uh, it will start in February 2011. With and then hopefully re- be released on May fourth, twenty twenty twelve is the release date. So they're starting filming in Los Angeles, and they're pretty and pretty much Joss Whedon will be directing, and he co co wrote the script along with the Incredible Hulk scribe Zach Penn. So we can pretty much look forward to this movie in twenty twelve, uh, right before the world ends. So. There we go. And Mark Ruffalo is the Hulk, unfortunately. And I'm gonna put I'm gonna put this out there now. Everybody's predicting that you know it's December 21st, 2012. It won't be. We're not gonna make it that far. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be December 12th, 2012. Think about it. 12, 12, 12. Okay. Think about it. Oh, well. It's funny. Yesterday, as... yesterday was eight, nine, ten. Well, you gotta think about it. Uh, now I forgot his name. Crap. I had a good joke. Now I forgot the guy's name. Epic fail. I gotta look it up now because that's gonna kill me. Oh my god! Um, dude, don't don't even look it up because that'll really fail. <laughs> the the next word is the Expendables, which came out to theater today. Uh, we'll be getting a, a sequel. Um, apparently they've already been given the green light, 
they're looking at bringing in some bigger names to jump in on the ship. That is the Expendables. So I'm pretty pretty sure that we're going to have another sequel come uh, probably 2011, 2012 itself. So I expect to uh, see Stone Cold Steve Austin. If he's still alive in the movie, I haven't seen it yet. And uh, the other big guys come in for another uh, run at it. See, see um, The Rock will be in the sequel, and it'll be called The Expendables dot 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 again. God, no more Expendables. No more, no more Rock. Oh, I remember the joke. The joke was the world will not end in 2012 because Marty McFly went to, what was it, 2015? And back to the future, so the world doesn't end. That's the joke. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, yeah. Um, back to movies. Uh, there was there was some more other other news that came out about James Bond. Apparently, the financial problems with MGM is not the only reason why Bond Twenty Three was being held up. Uh, I, wait, 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 wait! Before you go any further, I know what happened. James Bond actually caught an STD and is scheduled to die soon. No, no. Apparently, this is something that happens a lot during movies. Um, according to the sources at the Los Angeles Times, creative discussions among the writers and producers have hampered the process immensely. So, apparently, they rewrote the script about three times. Just so they could get it figured out and fixed. I mean, that sucks. I mean, it really does because they could have really had this going. They could have had it almost finished. And then MGM would have a movie to put out this year. But apparently there was problems and no no Bond 23. So, not too happy about that. But there is talks that there some, there's somebody... There are people out there wanting to buy um, the big, the top one that's coming out saying they'll buy Bonds and the Hobbits is Spyglass. Um, Spyglass, I'm not too familiar with. I've heard a few things, but I'm really hoping that they'll sell it to Sony because Sony actually, when they had their hands on on the Bond series, they did really good. So if they sell it back to Sony. I'm pretty sure we could have a really good um, game. A uh, good movie, excuse me. Um, one more piece of news. Uh, yeah, one more piece of news, and then I've got uh, something I'll tell you. Um, apparently, James Cameron has already planned on shooting a sequel, or a back-to-back -back sequel, to Avatar. So there'll be an Avatar two and a three coming out within the next couple of years, but he's already talked about it. He's already said he's going to do it, and apparently they're working on deals so we don't have to start the movie until we get the deals worked out. Um, and then he wants to do Avatar three right back behind Avatar two, so they go ahead and get it figured out. Um. Well, see, I mean, I you know what? That's that's cool because uh, you know I really enjoyed the Avatar movie. Quite frankly, it was like I'm not alone. Looks like uh, the Canadian Horseman also enjoyed that movie. 
But they're actually set to re-release that movie in the very near future with added footage. And you know why? I found out the reason why they're re-releasing it. It's not because of the freaking footage. It's because of the fact that James Cameron felt he was screwed over when Alice in Wonderland came out. Because if you remember, Avatar held the, held the top, and then Alice in Wonderland came out, and it was quickly booted off the top no, top number one of the movies. And I'm, I'm serious, like, are you, James Cameron felt screwed by that? You had a good run at the top. You sold, you got multi-million dollars. And you think you're screwed over that? You really need to go get your ego checked, buddy, because you're, you're, you've made money in the past, so you're good for money. I mean, this it ticks me off a little bit because of that, but I'm not a movie person. I'm not a big director or whatever, so, oh well. Well, I'm just looking at the chat, and Shama has a good point. Thundar the Barbarian was supposedly taking place in 1994. There's a movie that Hollywood could be making. I loved Thundar the Barbarian as a child. That was a great cartoon series. I've never heard of it. Oh, are you serious? Go look it up on YouTube or something. Surely it's there. Thundar was like this barbarian character, but he had a fucking lightsaber, basically. Oh, okay. I, I think I have heard of it before. That show was badass, man. Well, apparently there's rumor going around that they're going to remake Jaws. Dun-dun-dun. Don't. Oh, great. I mean, if they remake it, I want Steven Spielberg back in the back in the controls for it because he's the only person who could basically do it again. So, um, IGN has released a new top 100, and they're only on about 61 now. So I'm not going to spoil any people on it, but it's something near and dear to both my heart and your heart, JJ. Would you like to take a guess? What? What is it? What is it, Sean? What, what, what? Oh my god. What the? Is that a fin in the water, Sean? Oh my, oh my god, Sean. We better, we better swim back to shore. Oh, oh my god, it's a big fucking shark, Sean. It's coming at us. Swim, Sean. He's gonna get you. I'm going to stay still because I'm fine where I am. Jaws in 3D would be kick-ass. Yo. All right, fuck the shark. We're done. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. It's just hilarious. This show is officially Jump the Shark, people. (laughs) If you don't get that reference, I'm sorry. But the show has officially jumped the shark. Even I know that reference. Sad, but true. But um, top hundred. Uh, do you want, you can take a guess? Because I, I think you know what it is. I give what up. What do man. you What do you love so much that you would kill somebody for it? Just to see, watch it again. Well, it ain't ECW. <laughs> yeah, I'll um, we'll, we'll discuss that in a second. I don't know, man. Enlighten me. Uh, IGN has released a new 100 poll, top 100 of Star Wars characters. Mm-hmm. And let me say, the countdown so far is extremely good. Um, I'm not going to release, I'm not going to talk about any, but I mean, they go throughout the entire six movies, every single book, the cartoon series, I mean, everything that's out there, Star Wars, 
they go through it, and they pull people out of it. And so far, I mean, I'm thoroughly enjoying the list. Uh, there's people who I didn't even think about, people I didn't even know names to, um, are in this. And it just completely caught me off guard. And, I mean, they've done really good. So I really can't wait to see who, uh, wow, I didn't even know his name. I can't wait to see who comes up as number one. I mean, I have a feeling who's number one. It's going to be Anakin Skywalker is who I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be. Or Yoda. And this, this is the top 100, you're saying? Top 100 Star Wars characters. Okay, I'm starting that next week. We're going we're gonna to start that next week. I'm going to pull out the Duel of the Fates, and we're going to start reading down the list. And we're going to do this on a weekly basis until we get all the way down to number one. Well, JJ, you don't have to read the list. There is a video countdown also. <laughs> so you could steal the audio and use that. I mean... No, I want to do my own audio. I don't want to steal their shit. Okay. I'll just run yeah, down I, the list. I'd rather do that than play their own shit. Well, we'll definitely have to uh, go through this list next week and uh, definitely pull some people off because, I, mean, I mean, there's one name that I, I'm, I'm really happy to see this one person up here. And, I mean... I'm really happy to see this list, and a lot of people talk a lot of crap about IGN's list, but there are a lot of good comments for this list so far. So I'm really going to enjoy going through this list and picking apart some of these people. God damn it, Metal of Punk, he says Aunt Baru is number three. How dare you ruin my countdown? Seeing as how we're at 61, yeah, I have a feeling you're completely wrong. Nice. So, just go into your own little corner and cry yourself to sleep. <laughs> Jesus, are you a psychiatrist? Do you tell yeah. that to the kids at the library, Sean? No, I got called a racist the other day, so, oh well. Well, if the shoe okay. fits, fucking wear it. Yeah, CJ, I hate you because you're black. There you go. Even though we got a show coming up, I still hate you. Oh, damn. You yeah, had- Oh. By the way, me and CJ will be starting up the SCW recap show the next time we have a SCW show come up. So be ready for that. Which should be next week. I just finished the storyboards for the latest episode of Cyberstars, and I'll be taping it probably this weekend or on Monday. There we go. Which means so, it should be out by Wednesday at the latest. If not sooner, you never know with me. I could have it out tomorrow. <laughs> not going to happen, but you know, you never know. Well, that just gives me less time to watch it, basically. But uh, we'll def- it's a pre-recorded show that we will be taking up. Um, we'll have the Wednesday spot, I believe, was what we agreed on. Right, JJ? Yes, it'll be on Wednesdays. And it will there be archived. Yay. So, definitely, I look forward to doing that. SCW Recap uh, will be right here. We'll... We'll come up with a plan to do promos later on, so let's keep the promos to yourself for a second until we can fully figure out how we're going to do it, because we'll definitely be doing promos, news, rumors, we're going over everything on this show. So, looking forward to doing it with CJ, I'm glad he's back, because definitely missed him, definitely missed doing doing the collaborating that we did before. So it's definitely going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, as far as the promos are concerned, I have no problem with you guys calling the Skype line and putting them on the voicemail. 
There you go. And then I'll make sure they get to the you know appropriate people, but we'll just do it that way. So is there any other news, Sean? Are you done? What's up? Is that it? I'm done with the news. Um, I do have to say, however, I have watched hardcore, whatever it's called, um, hardcore justice is what it was. I'm sorry. Um, I've watched hardcore justice. I've watched it about five times now, and it's become one of my favorite pay-per-views of this year. All this negativity that was going on during the pay-per-view itself, after the pay-per-view, everybody who was negative on this can suck my dick because this has basically been one of the best pay-per-views to date this year as far as I'm concerned because these guys went out there and put their hearts and their souls back into a product that has been gone for a little bit that they haven't even been able to do, and they did it like they it should have been done before. So I take my hat off to... Tommy Dreamer, to all of them. Thank you for the show. And it sucks that's not going to do it again, but thank you for what you did. Sean, hang on one second. Yes. Before we go any further with this, the views reflected by the sensational Sean are not those necessarily of the SNS radio network and the administration here. Continue, Sean. Yeah, so if you got a problem, come see me. I'll give you a bitch slap in the back. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm completely ticked off. I've heard so much negativity. I've heard so much BS about it. And I'm seriously looking at people like, are you serious? Did you not watch these matches? I mean, come on. Two Cold Scorpio versus C.W. Anderson was probably one of the greatest matches TNA has put on in a long time. I mean... TNA didn't put it on. Yeah, ECW put it on. Oh, EV2 put on. That was an amazing match. The backflip leg drop, I guess we'll call it, um, the moonsault leg drop, was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, Too Cool Scorpio being up in his his years, I guess. I don't, I don't know how old he is, he is now, but, I mean, he's definitely... 39. If, if he can still, he's 39. I mean, if he can still do that, he's definitely uh, got my vote for later on. Um it was great to see the Dudleys going against uh, Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney, the chair-swinging freaks. That was a great match on its own, street fight. It was old ECW-style match. It was amazing. They went everywhere. They did everything they were supposed to do. I mean, they did great. Uh, Spike Dudley, Rhino. Oh, man. Al Snow. Al Snow, thank you. I'm sorry about that. It's like Spike Dudley. Just seeing Spike Dudley alone was just amazing. Seeing him in the tie-dye with the glasses, with the overalls. I mean, come on. That was just sweet on its own because when was the last time we actually saw Spike Dudley? Do you know, JJ? Uh, It's been about a year or two uh, since he was in TNA. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Uh, Jay Cash, the stockbroker in the chat. Who does the Ghetto Blaster? The Ghetto Blaster was the move made famous by uh, my friend, the late, great, bad news Brown Allen. And that was basically a enziguri. Now, what were you saying, Sean? I mean, it was just great seeing Spike Dudley in the original tie-dye. And yes, I know I'm not using the correct name of the talent, basically because... 
what is what is Spike Dudley? Spike Dudley went by Brother Runt. Yeah, I don't care about Brother Runt. I cared about Spike Dudley. So, oh well. Um, seeing Spike Dudley alone just made me very happy and very giddy because I always liked Spike Dudley in ECW. Spike Dudley was always one of my favorites. He went up against Mike Awesome. I mean, he was amazing uh, in those matches. I mean, Mike Awesome, God rest his soul, was still one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, especially during his time at FMW with Masato Tanaka. Um, we had Sabu versus RVD, and pretty much one of the hardcore, not hardcore matches. I mean, they went all out in what they did. They laid it on the line. Um, I'm pretty sure Sabu was pretty busted up. I mean, he had a cut to the back of his head. He was holding his arm in his ribs. So I'm really curious as if as if he had some major problems. Um, what else? There was a six-man tag. It was FBI against Swinger. Simon Diamond. And who was the third person? Kid Cash. Uh, Kid Cash. Kid Cash. Uh, your basic Kid Cash match, I guess, with him doing his usual spot with the referee on the ground and jumping off the back. I mean, it was a good match. I'm glad to see the FBI back together and doing their piece. Uh, let's see. BWO. The fake BWO. Um, with, uh, oh my lord, I can't believe I'm going to say this, Mr. PJ Polacco, or as he has been commonly known as to us now, Mr. Justin Incredible with some breadsticks. No, no, it's just Incredible Breadsticks. Okay, just Incredible Breadsticks, excuse me. Um, yeah, that was, that was a pretty good match, I mean, he did good. Stevie Richards, it was good to see him do an extremely good match, um, the the fake blue meanie, I just really did not want to see that. I mean, he. I mean, I I know blue meanie. I know the guy who plays blue meanie. Um, I've met him before. Talked to him. The guy who they had played blue meanie. I really don't care who that was. I want to just not ever see him again. Um, it was a good match. Then we had Tommy Dreamer versus Raven with special guest referee Mick Foley. This was my favorite match because they poured their heart and soul into this match and they did great. So I'm really, I was really happy with this match. They did an excellent job. Tommy Dreamer alone did an awesome job and I really had wished Paul Heyman would have wanted to be there but he said in an interview that he didn't want to do another ECW rehash. He wants to get past ECW and get into his own stuff. If Paul had been there, it would have made things a whole lot better, and I would have more enjoyed it. But I extremely loved, I extremely loved uh, hardcore justice. Uh, all these people giving it crap. I mean, take your lips off of WWE's cock and actually go out and watch something real. Oh, Josh Pedra is is he's on fire tonight in the chat. Just incredible breadsticks. New tagline. When you're here, I'll beat you like family. But, yeah, I'm just... I, it's just one of those things where seeing all this negativity, 
really is not helping the IWC out at all. I mean, seriously, if you're going to if you're going to hate on something, don't watch it. Straight up, you may be you may be getting paid to watch it, but if you're not going to want to, if you don't care about it, don't watch. That's basically all there is. Because I'm really tired of seeing all the hate out there for everything. I mean, I grew up in the old school. I grew up in the Attitude. I grew up in ECW. I grew up in the NWA. I mean, I grew up in the old school stuff. I know what I like. I know what I love. ECW or EV2 on Sunday. I loved it. I enjoyed it. Everybody else can get the fuck out. Wow, harsh That's, words there by the sensational Sean, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I'm just, I just don't care anymore about these people who rag on everything and then say it could have been like this. Well, if you if you want it to be like that, go get a job with that company and you do it. And then you come back and say, hey, I did this. Go do it then. I'm just, I'm just done with it. And again, as I said, the the opinions are not necessarily the opinions of the administration here at the SNS Radio Network, courtesy of the sensational Sean. But moving on, I think it's time we take a few phone calls before we wrap things up. Oh, hold on, JJ. If you're gonna spell my name if you're gonna spell my name, spell it right. It's S E A N. Not S H W N, not S H A U N. It's S E A N. Please get it right. Dude, man, take a pill. Relax, man. That's what I started the show off with. Relax. Don't do it. Relax. Yeah. All right? Just chill. On that note, people, I'm opening the phone lines. 501-588-7957. If you have an opinion on the show tonight, you want to talk about video gaming, you want to talk about ECW, whatever you want to talk about, call in tonight. I'll bring you in. We'll get it resolved. Oh, there's a few other things I could have ranted on, but I would have been fired from the network immediately. Yeah, keep the rants to a minimum. Uh, I do believe joining me on the phone line, we do have a call right here on Unplugged. Who's this? It was going on. Yo, Sean, you mad, ain't you? (laughs) Oh, my Lord. What's up, CJ, my brother? (laughs) Nothing much, but you mad, man. What the hell is Chris doing in a call still? (laughs) I'm sorry. He's listening to the show because he can't get Ustream. Ah, this is true. What, Shoutcast isn't working for him either? I guess not. I don't know. It seems to be working for everybody else. Oh, well. I mean, that's what he gets for having a cheap English computer. Anyways. (laughs) Anyways, man. Sean. Harsh words. But they were never more true. Well, the way I look at it is I I I don't rant a lot when I do rant. I pretty much speak the truth on what I care about. So he doesn't rent a lot, but when he does, he drinks dos equis. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty. Yes, tonight it's dos equis, so be life water. So yes. Oh man, I don't rent a lot. So when I do, I'm very passionate about my rents. So you won't get a lot of them from me. Don't worry. Yeah, granted, I was listening to another show. I'm not going to say what it was. It was earlier in the night, so don't worry. Listening to another show, we were talking about, they were talking about the same thing. They ran down the show, and like they really did not like the show apart from the main event. And 
And I went on and I said, you know, granted, you know, the show was a reunion show, was a nostalgia show, but it also wasn't TNA. And you got to also understand that, you know, a lot of the people that like the show like the old product. You can't really hate on it for not being a TNA show. Granted, it didn't do anything for the company. It was just a good throwback to the past. Yeah. And like I said before, those people who completely trash the show need to take their lips off of uh, WWE's cock and go watch something different. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. It's the truth. Like I've always said, I, I like to say it's about this, about, you know, wrestling, TV, video games, whatever. If you don't like it, don't participate in it. You know, you watch wrestling just to bitch and moan. I'm sorry. I don't want to be, I don't want to be racist. But racist or won't make any inappropriate jokes, but I feel that this is the perfect analogy. You're like an old Jewish man just watching TV just to bitch about it. I'm sorry. What's the use of watching TV if you're not going to enjoy it? What What's is this of- shit? What is this? I'm watching the fucking Jersey Shore. I want to watch this. This is not what the fuck I want to watch. What is this? What is, what is the fucking world? That's like the rest of America watching the Jersey Shore, basically, and like, what the fuck am I watching? There's a fly in my from soup. Jersey. There's a fly in my soup. <laughs> What's it somebody doing? Somebody from Jersey watches it, gets it all, and we're all like, what the fuck is this? I'm turning the channel. Yeah, I mean, I grant, I watched one episode of Jersey Shore. I didn't like it. Never watched it again. You know, I I I spoke of this very publicly. I, every time I watched TNA before 2009, summer of 2009. I tried to watch and never watched again. It was only the summer of 2009 that actually got me into the company. And then, well, yeah, let's not go into that again. (laughs) But granted, oh, JJ, about the whole thing with the whole Bountiful Glory thing, I think that's ridiculous, too. I read that and I was pissed. Well, if they want to continue this thing out for two months after only having eight people involved in the tournament and you already had a couple of the matches, I mean... Unless you're going to have some big time EV2 main event with Fortune for next month, I, to me that just seems senseless. But you know, I'm not booking the show, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I tell people like tell even to the booking the show. I say, listen, if you want to book a show, why don't, why don't you basically make your own wrestling organization, whether it be backyard or whatever, and you book it and see if you can do better. I mean, booking is a very hard thing. I've done it before. It's hard and it kills you mentally. Like, I don't blame Vince Russo for being confusing all the time. It's a a very burnt-out thing. But, you know, you can do better from time to time. I'm just saying. True that. Granted, you look at at the WWE, and, you know, from one week to the next, you never know when the book is going to be good or bad. Look Look at Monday night. It was a good show on paper, but when it came down to actually executing it, it was not as good as it could have been. Granted... The end of the night, the whole night was a total double swerve, like for no reason. Yeah, I mean, it served its purpose. But the only thing that you really got booked out of this was the Nexus and Team Cena, which, quite frankly, is the biggest thing they have going in the company. So, I mean, I guess I understood from that vantage point. But, I mean, the rest of the card is so barren. You don't know what's going to happen. We've only got, what, three or four matches that have been announced that we know for sure. On three or four, hold on. Let's see. One, two, three, four. No, uh, it's Big Show versus the SES. 
um, Kane versus Rey Mysterio for the World Heavyweight Championship, and that has a storyline within itself. Um, let's see who else. Orton versus Sheamus, Nexus versus Team WWE, Team Cena, excuse me, and the Divas Championship match. That's five. Yeah, five. You know, nobody knows what the hell The Miz is doing. You know, he has the United States Championship, but I don't even think he's defended it since when. When's the last time he defended it? In a four-way match, I believe. Yeah, that was two months ago. That's when he won it, so he hasn't even defended it. All right, yeah, he hasn't defended it yet. 30-day clause? I don't I don't know. I, unless they count house shows. But other than that, he hasn't defended it on television. The belts don't mean shit, man. They're prop. They don't fucking mean shit. He's carrying that belt around to make himself more noticeable to the to the crowd. He's got a briefcase hey. and he's and he's got a fucking belt. Hey, you don't gotta tell me twice. I know this. I agree with you. Somebody else that you have to tell. I'm just saying. You know, but um yeah, I mean, granted, you know, we got Sheamus the WWE Championship booked the sh- booked the shit. I mean, granted, he made he made himself look like an ass and then attacked a bunch of rookies. I mean, really? Did we really need that? Actually, we did. We did. I understood the the logic in that. He didn't want to do anything to Orton. He came back out and basically beat up some rookies that he knew he could manhandle to make himself out to be the bully, and it worked. True. Now you look at it that way. That's pretty much right i mean well then again also i'm sorry i have to talk about this one thing about tonight i'm sorry i love the opening segment of nxt (laughs) michael cole came out looking like like lebron james real shit good old fucking michael cole good for a good old laugh yeah he comes out with the chalk and everything i'm like thank you lebron cole and look at josh matthew school you damn so is there anything else on the mind of one C.J. Bowman before we wrap things? Yeah, just one last, one last thing. That those people that actually have nothing better to do than to sit around and bitch and moan about everything in the whole fucking world of wrestling. I advise you to actually sit back and actually evaluate what the hell do you do. At least these people are sitting back making money. And then the people that are positive about the product, they're actually putting out good quality radio. Just look at Sunday Night Showdown. Look at all these shows on this network. Hell, even look at my old stuff. And I will tell you, even though I bash the company, I I bash companies within reason. I also gave them compliments. So I don't bash just the bash. Everybody else does. And that's kind of stupid. Really stupid. I'm sorry. You know, before bashing a company, look at something else. Be, look at yourself first. Criticize yourself for watching a sh- stuff just to bitch and moan about it. That's all I got to say about that. Fair enough. Good advice from uh, Mr. I Thug Productions, CJ Bowman. Mr. I Thug Productions. Well, it's still that, but, you know, I also got my new company starting up soon, you know. Young Navigator Productions, man. That's the, that's the name change. So... You know, I got the whole thing starting up, getting getting it big. Very nice, man. Very nice. You can't be soaking up the, the nicknames. We've already got one person for that. <laughs> oh, Crelly, you? I've got three or four as is, so I need to I need to stop getting them. But all right, let's stick to this. You're the sensational Sean. Crelly is the international stutter nation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Really? Really? 
I, I, fucking porn <laughs> kids back. I think I think CJ just got fired before I even got started. Thank you. Hey, hey, listen. Last night was funny. I'm sorry, but tonight I didn't expect it. What the hell are you doing here, you fucking porn kid? <laughs> On that note, CJ, it was nice having you aboard. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right. Good. Good luck in your future endeavors. Yeah, too bad about that headlocks lounge not happening. <laughs> oh. Oh. Peace. All right. So, guys, I think I'm going to take one more phone call. We're going to wrap this bitch up and uh, put it to bed before Crelly, like, commits murder on uh, C.J. Bowman. <laughs> Lord knows we don't want that on our conscience. I don't think I can handle that. Feel like an episode of Ginny. What? The Jenny Jones show. Did you ever see that, Sean? Do you know what I'm talking about here? Come on. I, I know what it now. is. What do you think? I watched it? Well, like, I, seriously. It was only relevant because, you know, they, they had the episode with the, the gay guy with the crush and the, the dude ended up killing the dude. So, I mean, that's that's the whole reason I brought it up. I just don't want, you know, anything going on between, you know, Crelly and, and CJ. Of course. Really kind of bring it down into the show. Gay people. Of course. Shut up, Sean. With that said, we do actually have a call on the line. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? This is Randy McWilliams calling this an official run NXT recap or whatever. I got to rehab. Crowley wants me to do it. Fuck it. I'll recap it. Randy McWilliams finally back since my internet won't fuck up this time. Uh, what's on your mind tonight, Randy? Uh, just good. I didn't really get to see NXT, but I did find out Lucky Cannon was eliminated, so I'm three for three there. But I'm wondering, who do you think's going to get eliminated next? Ooh, now we're getting down to the wire. You know what? I'm I'm very surprised that Alex Riley was on the block. That yeah, I was too. That to me was very surprising. Of the four that we have left, I got to be real honest here. Probably won't be this person, but I think Percy's next. Oh an interesting one. You think the fans have grown stale to per, uh, Percy Watson? Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> Someone make it rain, baby. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think Percy is. Uh, he's just he's gotten so stale. I mean, it's the same shit every week. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. I like to party. Oh yeah. You know. And then how did the little punching bag thing go over well in the chats? Was it shit on or? You know what? I think there were people that did shit on it, but I mean, as far as that one is concerned, to me that was probably one of the better challenges they've had. Not that it was a great challenge, but you know, it was much better than kissing fat ass margarita with fucking herpes. Yeah, um, hell yes! I. It's a good thing I went to my friend's house at night because I just stopped watching NXT after that bullshit. You know, if they're going to base this as a popularity contest, obviously, you know. In terms of what we have left, we have, you know, Michael McGillicuddy, we have Alex Riley, and they've almost put McGillicuddy really in a, in a heel-type role, as we kind of saw tonight with this six-man tag. You know, Husky Harris in a heel-type role, Riley's a heel. So really, other than Caval and Percy, the only two faces on the show, you know, you'd think a heel would go home, and I don't want to see Husky go because Husky is awesome. He is fucking amazing. You know, yeah, that Husky guy is he, he's Husky a, has grown on me. He's shown he could be might maybe they could start a whole 
stable of uh, third generation, second generation stars like that with Husky. Maybe McGillicuddy joins SmackDown too. Well, actually, I think that the the more prominent thing to do is to take Husky Harris and Joe Hennig and put them over with Ted DiBiase and really sur- focus on that fortunate sons uh, stable. Because it seems to me like Husky and McGillicuddy have gotten along very well during the course of this show. They're never really you know, talking shit to each other. They both have mutual respect for each other. And putting them with DiBiase, I think, would be a good... Uh, a good place for them because then Ted DiBiase has backup when he goes after, you know, these titles. And, I, you yeah. know, they were going to form this stable anyway until, uh, you know, somebody got injured and, and that didn't happen, Brett DiBiase. So yeah. I think now is the time to kind of initiate that. I mean, this will be over in three weeks. So, you know, yeah. I, everybody's going to get a job. I, I, I You know, they, they hired the whole first season of NXT. I can't see this season being left in the dark. So... I don't know. As far as my pick for the next one to go, I'm going to say Percy Watson. Maybe I'm wrong on that one. It wouldn't surprise me if it was Husky Harris. If it's Alex Riley, then I have to say what a mistake that's going to be. Um, oh, yeah. He's he's one of the few guys I was hoping when they announced on who the NXT guys were, were going to be on because he's pretty good down in FCW. Yeah, I think so too. It, it, it's just—it's kind of sad to me that they gave Dolph Ziggler the "I Am Perfection" music because that would have been great for Joe Hennig. Oh yeah, it kind of works for Ziggler, but not so much. Ziggler is more like I liked his first theme better, even though it's a production theme. That one worked well for him. No, I think so. But uh, if it were up to me, Percy Watson's going home next week. Well, they're, they're eliminating two, so fuck. I guess I got to say two rookies go home. Oh yeah. Uh, you know what? It's going to be Percy and Husky. As much as I hate to say that, I, I think the top three are going to be McGillicuddy, Riley, and Caval. I think Caval, I think, is actually going to win it because ever since that internet voting, I think the WWE's realizing that Caval is going to get most of the votes or pretty much all the votes because how many times? This is already at least the second time Caval's been number one. And I want to say there might be more. Or who's first on the last one before this one? Uh, last week it was Michael McGillicuddy was number one. All right, so yeah, two times. And then Lucky Cannon go home. I called him Lucky Cannon because he's Lucky Richie Steamboat and Brett DiBiase got hurt or he wouldn't be on NXT. Well, and maybe they'll be on uh, season three with the four females and four males. What do you think the four females are going to be? Well, I know Crelly said something about AJ Lee. I think she's probably a shoe-in for that. I don't really you know. Think I... they, you think they'd bring in... um. Uh, Victoria, uh, Victoria Crawford, uh, Alicia Fox's sister. They might. They just might. Isn't she Alicia Fox's sister? Yeah. Naomi Knight. Naomi Knight. Yeah, that's her name. Yeah, I. You know what? It wouldn't surprise me. I but. might see the bring. I can't think of her name now. She was on when they did Abraham Washington. Exana. That's her name. The one that did Abraham Washington show on FCW. But if I had to pick two, I'd probably say those two are going to be the ones to go, you know, because they're they're obviously, even though Riley was in the bottom, you know, chopping block, I, I just I, I just don't see them getting rid of him because, you know, I've heard reports that they're really high on both. Well, they're really high on Husky Harris. They're high on Riley and, you know, Joe Hennig and Riley were the two that they were looking at possibly winning this thing. So 
I don't know. I mean, you know, a lot of people, uh, there's other radio shows out there that, that talk about how, you know, McGillicuddy, Hennig, is, is very mediocre. And I guess maybe I'm looking at the wrong things. I'm not, I'm not really paying attention to the fact that it's, per, it, it's Mr. Perfect's son. You know, when I see him go out and work a match, I think he's doing just fine. I, I don't know what, you know, wrestling fans or, or what, you know, so-called wrestling experts, you know, see that, that d- discourage them and think that this kid's bad. You know, I think Watson is over charisma-wise. He's not bad in the ring, but his character is very stale. We haven't really had he has a chance. Moves too, he, he does have like flashy moves. Works splash. You know, with McGillicuddy, we haven't really got a chance to see him do uh, a lot of mic work, but I think his ring work is fine. Every time he gets on the microphone and talks, fucking Striker takes the microphone away from him. I'm surprised he hasn't even hit Striker yet. I'm surprised Striker didn't man up and put some fucking tights on and some boots and go after Husky Harris for the shit that he pulled. I know. Husky Harris was giving him shit most of that time. I mean, that would have been a perfect time to bring him out and say, you know what? I was a teacher, and I'm going to school your ass in how to wrestle. That could have been perfect right there. Get him over with the fans more. Maybe could have even gone on Michael Cole a little bit, too. Bring insider heat, too. It would have been nice, but they completely dropped the ball on that one. And one more question before I go. I, I I don't know if you follow RH that much, but who do you think, since Tyler Black is going to go to WWE, who do you think is going to get the title? The They're going to give the RH title? Hmm. You know, I don't follow R&OH enough to really coherently tell you who's over there. I think Davey Richard is going to be retiring after this year, from what I understand. Yeah, he is. You've got Shelton yeah, Benjamin. Well, you've got Haas. You know, but I, mean, I think they're doing tag team because they're going to fight the Kings Wrestling Chris Hero person who I'm surprised nobody signs from WWE or TNA and Claudio Castagnoli who should be in WWE, but no visa issues mess them up. Angelina Love gets her job back, but Claudio is just just gets fucked over. Hey, I'm it's still in Canada. Be, uh, sorry, JJ. I'm still in Canada after four years and don't have my immigration, uh, you know settled so it happens I can see Austin Aries probably picking up the title that'd be nice but are you sure RH is going to have have him as a three time champion why not I mean mm-hmm. it's one of those things where you got to look at is you got all these people they've got I mean if they can give it to Austin Aries they can give it to Claud- Claudio however you say his name or if they can wait are they going to wait till Jerry Lynn gets better, and if he he's still with ROH, he can give it right back to him. Mm. Jerry Lynn would be interesting, but I don't know, because I remember hearing about the fans shit on him during the end of his title run, and then that's probably maybe the reason they give it Austin Aries like that. Not that Austin Aries doesn't deserve to be ROH champion, because he's a pretty damn good wrestler and is good on the mic. His gimmick would work perfect at WWE right now. Yeah, so I mean, it's just one of those things that's going to come up when it comes up, and we'll have yeah. to see who's still standing when the uh, when the time comes. I'm wondering. I hope they don't do like uh, like how they did with CM Punk. How they turn him heel is like, oh, I'm gonna bring the ROH title with me to WWE, unless he really brings it, which you know that shit's not gonna happen. So, you know what's going to happen? What I was going to bring this up in a second, but where's Brian Brian Danielson at right now? I mean, how far are we on the 90 days? I That's mean, what I was thinking, too. 
because I don't think he's going to like, I hope he shows up at SummerSlam, but I know that that's very net. It probably won't happen, especially that he's got dates left on his contract. So, yeah, well, his his uh, official. Yeah. Thank you, Crowley. Nine eleven is when he will be eligible for whatever. It would be nice to see him show up at SummerSlam. I don't think that's going to happen. I want to address something in the chat room really quickly. Um, I think Tony O. Yeah, Tony O. says that my guess is for the guys of Season uh, 3 NXT, Richie Steamboat, Jinder Mayhall, Tyler Black, and Bo Rotundo. Okay. Bo Rotundo is not of age yet. I think he's still under 21. or He's, he's, under, he's not old enough, really, to get on the full roster right now. So that's Damn. not going to happen. Did they let an age limit on the roster now? Because I remember Renee Dupree was 19 when he won the tag titles. Maybe, maybe he's 18. I don't know. He's not. I don't think he. They want to bring a young kid on the road, is from what I've I've heard. Because yeah, of the, all, all, all the drinking that goes on yeah. during the uh, during yeah. things. Okay. Shit might happen. So because Kelly Kelly, I know, was really young too, and uh, shit. No, she was just a fucking model, though. Yeah, well, it comes too. down to the flight from hell, basically. I, is what I, oh, what I, I look at. The flight from hell kind of did a lot of Scott things. Paul and um, Tyler Black. Was Mr. Perfect in it? Uh, yes, he was. That was one of the reasons he was let go from the company. Yeah, He got into sad, an altercation but... with uh, Brock Lesnar, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Um, let me see. As far as the rest of these guys, Tyler Black... He just signed. I think he still has commitments up until September. That's not going to happen. And plus, they're at least gonna... September 11th, glory by honor. So. Yeah. And plus, they're going to want to get him in FCW for a while before they do anything with him because he's just developmental. Richie Steamboat, probably the only possibility on that list. Jinder Mayhall, formerly known here in uh, Canada, Stampede Wrestling and PWA Wrestling as Tiger Raj Singh, a guy I'm very familiar with. I've worked with him for a number of years. Good kid. I don't think he's ready yet. He's been at FCW not even that long. I don't think he's ready for a roster yet. So I think of, of those people, Richie Steamboat's the only one that sounds feasible. Has he come back from injury since then? Because I know he got hurt, which might have hurt his chances of getting on the show. Uh, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure. That's possible. What about uh, Brett DiBiase? If he's back from injury, then maybe. That'd be yeah. interesting because most people should know who he is. I mean, think about it. If you have Brett DiBiase, are they going to change his name too? <laughs> I don't know. Just steal somebody's last name from the past or it, something, like Brett Cleavage. I don't know. Is he going to be? Is he going to be like Greedy McMoney? <laughs> Because um, also look, I'm looking at the list of the roster for F- FCW. Um, Wes Briscoe is also in there. The son of Jerry Briscoe. I mean, he would be pretty good. I mean, he's been with FCW. Hello. Um. Huh? Sorry, you dropped there for a second. That was weird. Is there anybody um, on the line? What, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm on. Can you not okay. hear me? No, you you dropped again. Oh, scaring for the Skypean. Yeah, it's it's getting ready to drop on me, I think. But uh, I don't know. You know, as far as that goes, I think Richie Steamboat will probably be the one to win NXT next season if he's on there. 
Another one that you could probably think might be on there would be Austin Creed, who just recently signed. I think that I think he's oh, ready yeah. for the roster. I think that kid's got a lot of fucking talent. And TNA dropped the ball with letting him go. I mean, yeah. Consequences Creed was was awesome. I think he could actually work not only just do flippy flippy, you know, gymnastic moves, yeah. but he could actually work a match. And that's going to be a big loss. And I think the WWE is going to make him a star. That's what's sad, though, and I have a feeling that's going to happen with Desmond Wolf, and I hope it doesn't happen to the Pope. Well, I think the Pope is actually starting to, you know, he's over big time with the fans. Yeah, that promo he did when he came back, the fans were just on edge. You know, that, that was that was another loss that I was I was uh, very upset with the WWE for cutting. When they got rid of Elijah Burke, I was like, why? I mean, I was I was very entertained by Elijah Burke, thought he had a mountain of talent and, you know, just fucked up that they let him go. Yeah. Damn. But on that note, is there anything else before we kind of get out of here? Yeah, just uh, I think uh, back to the ROH thing real quick. I think maybe Roderick Strong is going to win they're going to give the title to, especially if they said September he's going to come by. And I don't know if there's any other dates past Glory by Honor. So it's probably going to be Roderick Strong at the, pa- at the pay-per-view on Go Fight Live. But that's it right there. Very cool. Well, Randy, thanks for calling in tonight, my friend. All right. And I will uh, I will talk to you soon, man. Thanks. All right. Thank you. All right, Sean. You got any closing thoughts before we wrap this up? Um, Top of my head, not really. Just want just I stand by what I said tonight. Uh, I know that uh, it's not probably going to be really popular between a lot of people, but I stand by what I said. And uh, if you have a problem with it, you can just – come and contact me and we'll have a conversation but uh, that's about as far as I'll get thank you for listening to me thank you for my rant alright there you have it the sensational Sean again any comments made by the sensational Sean here on the SNS radio network are not reflected of the SNS radio network it's personalities and staff on that note it's time to wrap this show up Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another edition of Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. Be sure to check out some of the other shows available this week via archive. Of course, on Friday, we'll have the archive for MMA Now with Mark the Shark DiCarlo and Jesse Vane. On Saturday should be another episode of World Wrestling Revolution uh, with Dave Power. With Dave Power, King Savage. And Danny the Pain. He changed his name on me again. Uh, and Dara O'Connor being the TNA correspondent. So look forward to that one. Probably on Sunday we'll have another episode of the Pro Wrestling Rewind with the power Andy Knowles. And then also on Sunday you can join me live starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time as I bring you live pay-per-view coverage of the biggest event of the summer SummerSlam, ladies and gentlemen, along with the rest of the SNS crew, Mark the Shark DiCarlo, Internet Dave, and Harmony Boom Boom Sexy. So be sure and join us live for coverage of SummerSlam right here on the SNS Radio Network. With that said, Will Farrell's going to take us out of here, and I've got a little tribute just for Sean tonight, since he's in such a mood and he enjoyed the hell out of EV2. Stay tuned for that right here on the SNS Radio Network. With that said, I'm JJ Sexay, and you've all just been unplugged. Peace. As for me, I'm sitting here completely naked after my bath. I'm just going to enjoy this waterlogged steak. 
After that, I'm going to polish off an entire bottle of vodka in less than 20 minutes, and then hit the town and punch out street lamps with a bat. I'm going to hopefully sleep with the first person I meet. I hope you do the same, even if you're a child or a recovering alcoholic or an elderly person. You got to live life, huh? Does that sound good? Great. Now you do me a favor. You stay classy and give me a call sometime. I'm at 646-424-9166. Hope to talk to you real soon. Goodbye.
the scorner Cause for me a life ain't worth a quarter or a dime Mushrooms got my mind Hallucinating, ain't no debating I'm creating an escape route To be out without a doubt Scot free, so don't even think about trying to stop me Cause I can't wait, I'm out the gate On the river, I'm 